the Save Room Reviews, where we review video games, movies. I think we've done TV series before. No? Yes? Yeah. No? Yeah, we yeah. have. We've done TV series, uh, mom and pop restaurants, uh, ah. recipes on the back of chip bags. Fuck yeah, and sometimes re-reviews, because we botched an entire podcast. <laughs> you know, I was wondering if we were going to call it out or like yeah, we have to. where it was. It so we're recording on what is a Thursday now. We did a first take on this the previous Sunday. Yeah. And I thought it was like lightning in the pan, as they say. I thought we did a very good job. <laughs> lightning in the pan? Yeah. I thought it was in the bottle. Could you imagine <laughs> that somebody's got like a pan and they're like, I am Thor! Get electrocuted out there. That's great. Or what is it? Like, oh, like a flash in the pan? Something like flash that? Flash in the pan. That's yeah. true. There was a lot of good energy. A lot of... Oh, yeah. A lot of good podcasting. It was a long podcast. It was about two and a half hours. And we did a whole comprehensive review of the trailers we saw (laughs) through the entire movie experience. We did a plot recap. Yeah, because that's not self-indulgent. But the thing that happened, uh, as I noticed when I was sitting down to edit, was I fucked up. Mm -hmm. Little Daniel fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. it happens sometimes. Right. You know, we're all fallible creatures. It's true. Um, you wanted to chalk it up to the the curse of Michael Myers. It was the curse of Michael uh, Myers. But I, upon further inspection, I realized that yeah. my laptop wasn't reading the the Yeti mic, and it was picking up our recording through just the MacBook speaker or the MacBook microphone rather. And it, <laughs> yeah, it sure was. Yeah, and it sounded like just tinny, airy garbage. And yeah. I tried my best to edit through it and I wanted to salvage it because I didn't want to sit down and talk about this movie again. For uh, sure. Because that sure. just tells you how much I, I love it. And uh, I was down like a clown. Yeah. You're like, yeah, no, let's do it again. And it's like, like, do it again. Uh, Listen, you want to, you want to talk? Let, let me talk to you about, no, no commitment, Daniel, commitment, Daniel. Here's the commitment. The original Halloween, 1978, John Carpenter directed. Mm. The last scene that they filmed was actually the intro of the movie, where they filmed the one shot that goes in from Michael's perspective, Mm. where he goes throughout the house, picks up the knife, and kills his sister Judith and goes outside. You know, they filmed for 16 straight hours just running through, trying to get that faster and faster of Mm. a shot. Over and over. The dedication to the shape needs to be there, and that's why we are re-recording our review of Halloween Kills. (laughs) Okay, no, yeah, I, I see where you're at with the level of dedication uh-huh. there. Yeah. You know, we, we need to be as dedicated as the podcasters in the 2018 Halloween film. Going at, something! Going at it with our all, really. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, but the irony of this, if uh, we can even call it irony, no. is that we got struck by Michael's curse twice. When we recorded our original Halloween 2018 review back in 2018, right. we had to record that twice. <laughs> I think we just didn't like the yeah. the first take like of it, right? Like the energy and take of it. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And that's why we spent the next 16 hours recording <laughs> an hour podcast. And panning cameras through our apartment. Yeah. Just running and screaming in the Yeti microphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it made great. for some of our best content that year. Listen, the second take is always better, and that's why our podcast is bad. We always release the first take. That's what I say. Okay. Well, fair enough. Terrible well, podcast. I'm glad you corralled me into this effort to get a better take here it's going to be a shorter take it's going to be a hotter take it's It's going to be be a sexier take it's really going to be you're it's 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 scary so i do want to kind of say here high level right if you guys are new to the save room room feel you know the the mouth feel of of daniel make sounds we didn't didn't even introduce ourselves (laughs) what do they need why do they need to know who's who (laughs) that's right that's bad interviewing practices yes hi my name is kevin and i'm daniel and we are the save room. Of course. Uh-huh. So, okay, come on now. I mean, it sounds. <laughs> so if you guys have never kind of been in on a review proper for us, what we do, we do high level impressions at the front end. 
and then middle to back, we just slop around in the spoilers. We get messy with it. We do high level, you know, impressions, low level impressions. We talk about like the nitty gritty stuff. So we're right. going to get into it. We take art mm-hmm. and write it hard and put away wet. Okay. Is that a cursive lyric? It what? <laughs> no, art is hard and my stomach keeps on shitting what it, what what it feeds it. it. Yeah. Oh, my ego's like my stomach. It shits what I feed it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Cursive. Tim Kasher, wherever you're out, where, wherever you are, man, I hope you're good. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing good, man. And I hope you like Halloween Kills. I hope you loved Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I, I, I know we said we wouldn't, we're not going to review any of this, but I do want to yes. just high level mention, we went to a movie theater. We did. There was like two fucking people in that theater because mm-hmm. we went to like the Thursday of release, right? Yeah. We bought our tickets through Fandango. We're like, let's get like reserved seats. Let's sit exactly where we want. Uh-huh. Got a nice little middle middle mm-hmm. row situation, middle of the theater. No right? snacks. We didn't get any snacks. No snacks. Yeah. Because it bloats me when I watch movies. I got bloated. Well, you wanted McDonald's after. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Put me out. Anyway. And then I had to work the next day. It fucking sucked. Yeah, because we decided, hey, let's go see... This is the first midnight showing we had seen since, like, quarantine. Midnight showing at 8 p.m., yes. Yeah. (laughs) 8.30, actually. (laughs) Uh, We saw trailers. They forced 45 straight minutes of trailers Mm -hmm. uh, onto our goal. And because it was appropriate to the fact that we were watching a spooky film, Mm -hmm. that's the genre, spooky film, uh, we saw horror movie trailers, and there was a few standouts, right? Mm-hmm. I think we both really dug on Antlers. Yes, Antlers was like the highlight for me. Was that Carrie Russell's in that one? Yes. And then there's a crazy fucking weird creature, little boys taking care of this creature. That looks sick. It I'm does. That. Yeah, Is so that coming out soon or no? I, I should look that I didn't up. catch that. Yeah, it looks just really visually grotesque uh, in terms of like the framing of the, the Wendigo. And some of the imagery that this little boy is drawing because, you know, he's living with this thing. And, you know, when you're a kid and you're living with uh, uh, a bestial thing, you got to draw it. Right? This shit came out. <laughs> it came it's out? out? The, yeah, we should go see that. Holy shit. <laughs> it didn't get very great reviews. Uh, so we should see if it's streaming on TikTok. Actually, no. Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at an 83%. So that's, like, more than good enough for me. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Oh, Jesse Plemons is in that. I forgot. Oh, Jesse I like Plemons. Him. Yeah, yeah, he's Yeah, great. so that looks pretty hot. That looked uh, hot. I remember, like, turning to you at a, at a point during the trailer, and I'm like, I want to fucking see this. Like, I was so hype on it. Yeah, and I was like, who are you? <laughs> I got scared. I forget where I am in the dark mm-hmm. of theaters. We also saw a trailer for a film that I think you're kind of medium on, but I'm into it. The Black Phone. Yeah, I was into it for the first, phone. like, 35 to 45 seconds of it. Right. When it was more of like a mystery concept of like, oh, you know, who, who is it? Is it uh, it's it's uh, Ethan Hawke Ethan is Hawk. the bad guy, yeah. and everyone else is like original. Yeah, so, he plays yeah. like a child abductor slash killer, and like all these kids start disappearing from the neighborhood, and it's like a really creepy, eerie concept. But there's this one kid that gets kidnapped and brought into the what this black room this room with a black phone yes um, normal colored room yeah black. phone is black well the room was very like drab and gray yeah it was drab like, and a, gray. like a dungeon that's normal it's normal colors right for sure for sure, for sure. I think. and he he picks up the phone because it rings and he starts to commune with like previous <laughs> what did i get you with he picks up the phone because it rings. I mean, he's got nothing else going on in the room. He's got a bed. He in threw a, phone. a rock at it because it started ringing. <laughs> he's never heard of a phone. He's a caveman more than a boy. <laughs> 
and he starts communing with the, with the kids uh, of the, these dead kids of the past that I guess Ethan Hawke previously adopted. Right. And that's where the concept lost me. Really? Yeah, okay. I, I hated that. You idea. know, my immediate thought was like, that's a very Stephen Kingy kind of thing. And then I find out that this movie is based on a short story by Joe Hill, mm-hmm. which is Stephen King's baby boy, who's probably forty eight at this point. Yeah, but yeah, he did Lock and Key, right? He did Lock and Key. He did The Fireman, which is a great book. He did Nos- Nosferatu, which got turned into a, a TV series that apparently is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this movie is being directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed Sinister with Mr. Hawk. Hmm. And then a little little indie project called Doctor Strange. Oh. You know, where it was about a doctor getting some strange. I like that. Uses crazy hands. Rachel McAdams is in that one. She is in movies. Yes. I don't know I'm talking this way. <laughs> but I, I thought it looked cool. I'll see it. But the weird thing for me is that it's coming out in February. Hmm. You're, like they're advertising in the, in the spooky season, but it's like a tease because it's like, oh, but see you next year. And it's like, fuck. Well, th- that's a similar problem for one of the other trailers we saw, which was Scream 5. That is true. Which is also titled just Scream. Actually Scream. Just, it's just Scream. Which is coming out in January. And I'm just like, well, cool. That gives me something to look forward to during my birthday month, right? You know, your birthday? Now, now that wow. Elden Ring got pushed out. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, like Scream is, is that month. And yeah. I mean, I'm pretty hyped on that. I, I liked what I saw from that trailer. That trailer was hot. Yeah. That trailer, like, it had a, a, a groundedness that I appreciate. It almost seems like it's taking cues from Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. Even the naming convention, which is like a meta reference to it. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah, this may be the fifth one. But who gives a fuck? It's just called Scream again. I yeah. thought that was cool. I wonder if it's going to lean hard into like the previous movie's like meta aspect. May I? Oh, it has to. It wouldn't be Scream if it didn't, right? Like if if they did like a straightforward non-meta Scream. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> I mean, Stranger Things have happened. That's like making a Freddy Krueger that sucks, like in the remake. Yeah, they did that. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't have Wes Craven anymore, and I can't remember. Why? Wow, where is he? Oh, he's off. To Never Neverland. <laughs> he's making Red Eye too. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really tied up with uh, Cillian Murphy. Um, and I don't know if Kevin Williamson is back for it. Uh, I think he's writing it, okay. or he's helping write it. We looked this up before. We did on the first, and then we found out like he's an executive producer on it. And yeah, I, I think because so, he's like I'm above screenwriting. Yeah, so it'll have some of his I have oversight. Scream money. Bitch. So I'm gonna hope that like this new crew of like writers and directors and producers like. Go in with a love for Scream and kind of do that that treatment for it. I right? hope they hate it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> but we got the original cast. We got Nev Campbell, uh, David Arquette, Courtney Cox back. And yeah. then like, there's a new cast that's ushered in. Looks cool. And uh, yeah, it looks like the premise is like, there's a new ghost face killer who is killing relatives of the previous killers. Yeah, which is a cool concept. I want yeah. to see like why, why, what's the why on that, right? You know? I mean, like, a lot of people... Like, doesn't that make... Ghostface a good guy this Could time be. around? That's what people are thinking. Like, I mean, is it murder is vigilante bad, justice? but like, look at all the murdered people that Batman doesn't murder. And then other people get murdered because Batman doesn't murder. This Ghostface is doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing, Daniel. Well, we'll see if this movie does the right things when it comes out, you know? The trailer, though, it had fire. It had a fucking cool Ghostface silhouette. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm into, fucking it, into it. Something you weren't into, though. Uh, the, the last thing. Resident Evil <laughs> Welcome to Raccoon City trailer, mm-hmm. which the one that they are airing in the U.S. is just so... It it looks like a trailer for like a CW TV movie, mm-hmm. basically. It looks like it has the budget of a CW like show. Um, yeah. I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I saw the trailer that initially dropped 
on Twitter. I was like, okay, cool. I'm watching it on my phone. Maybe it looks just cheap because I'm watching it on my phone. Yeah. And then we watched it blown up on the fucking big uh, screen. It still looks cheap. Yeah, it turns out it just, it just looks cheap in general. Yeah. There's another trailer, an international trailer, that actually looks better. Mm-hmm. But there's still a cheapness to it. Yeah, I don't know if it's like... Like, the set designs, I think, look fine. And some of the monster yeah. concepts, like, makeup and designs look good for me. I know you don't like a lot of it. I don't like the zombies, actually. Yeah. I think they got the zombies wrong. You don't... You need to, like, foggy up the eyes. Yeah. If it has normal people eyes, they're not zombies. It's just people that are sick. Yeah, put some cataracts in those eyes. Right. Give them jaundice. Yeah, dude, and also, like, they're they're moving all quick and shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, World War Z. You fucked up... Zo- Actually, fuck you, Zach Schneider. You fucked up zombie <laughs> movies. Even though I really like Dawn of the Dead. That's a great movie. You don't think they nailed some of, like, <clears throat> the iconic shots, though? Like, that famous, like, zombie turnaround scene from the first game? If by nailed, you mean fucked it up? I agree. Oh, come on. I think they fucked up that, that was, shot. I thought that was good. That zombie looks so bad. Uh, so bad. Okay. I'm gonna be hard as hell in this movie. <laughs> 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 we're going to have to review that movie. Yeah! But, it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, there's some cool, like, focal points to it. I think, like, Claire as the lead is pretty neat. That's and a good choice. kind of this convergence of, like, the first game, second game. She needs to put her hair up, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I th- So I think her costume design looks the best, hers and Chris's, but then I look at Leon's, and it looks like a fucking, like, spirit Halloween. Like, <laughs> it does, though. Like, teenager cosplaying him. It does. Yeah. And then it looks like the mansion's going to be the third act of the film. Like, they start in Raccoon, work their way to the mansion or something, or... I'm, I'm confused at how they're blending these films together, and Lisa Trevor has a big part, but it seems like she has a weird part. I don't know. And the Birkin monster looks so bad. CG atrocity, like sci-fi channel garbage. So, like, the first time we sat down to record this, like, you gave me your fresh take on it, because I hadn't heard it before, and I didn't know that you didn't like it, because, like, I was the opposite, where I'm like, oh, that actually looks pretty good. I'm gonna be hard on it. Yeah. What do you think about the liquors? Oh, uh, that's fine. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. Yeah, again, I'm not. I'm. I'm. There's so much that I'm not sold on visually so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing that I really enjoy is the they got the environments right. Right, okay. the RPD is a, is a one for one. The mansion looks fucking great. That's all. That all looks great. And I'm fine with the casting choices too. I'm just like, yeah, prove yourself. I don't. I don't care who you casted. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just you know embody the role. But uh, yeah, there, there's just something there that's not clicking in the trailers. But again, a trailer is just like a little snippet. Let's see how it like flows together in the actual thing. Yeah, I thought it was literally just going to be that first like you know U.S. trailer take with uh, what is it, four non blondes and that cover of uh, What's Going On, and like they <laughs> that's do another really distracting element of the trailer that I don't enjoy. And they do, like, that stupid thing that I hate in trailers where, like, as things are happening, they slap text on the screen. I'm just like, what is this? Like, why are you doing this? You gotta read. I don't like reading. This is Free Guy. This is fucking Resident Evil. I heard Free Guy is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I have nothing else on that. (laughs) I just heard it's pretty good. I will stream it. Well, let's get to the main event. Da-da-da-da! Save Room Reviews made event! Halloween Kills. Released 2021, it is the sequel to 2018's Halloween, which is a sequel to 1978's Halloween, not to be confused with 2007's Halloween. <laughs> it is, this film is directed by Mr. David Gordon Green, DGG, mm-hmm. DG Squared. He will be henceforth referred to yes. written by himself and danny mcbride and some guy named scott wheat scott teats scott wreath wreaths scott something scotty we love you thank you for your efforts he showed up thank yeah. you scott we appreciate <laughs> you, you did the homework whoever you may be it's featuring a score from john carpenter 
his son Cody Carpenter, mm. and some other guy. I didn't <laughs> bother to remember the third guy. I love name. these these like trios where we don't. <laughs> I never, yeah, I never remember the trio where we don't know the other person. Right, I have no idea. So, uh, what can be said? I think we should start with the high level, my friend. But mm. I, I want to bucket this into two questions sure. that I have for you for this Halloween Kills a horror movie, uh, the continuation. Of the night he came home again, again. <laughs> uh, first question is, how does Halloween Kills compare to the original? Or I should say, second original? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. have to do like a lot of date stamps on this yeah. to keep like, track of everything. Yeah. How does it compare to 2018? And the other question is, would you recommend it? Let's take it from the top, my friend. How do you think this movie compares to its uh, forebearer? Well, before I get into that, I did want to give... A quick overview and review of other people who saw this movie. Um, and I have a few kind of choice headlines here from a bunch of different publications that caught my eye and made me laugh. And I can kind of relate to some of them here and there. First one being from IndieWire says, Halloween Kills Review, little more to offer than a jacked up body count on a bed of fan service. Mm. Not quite off base there. You know, there was a lot of kills and mm. it was pretty fan servicey. Where's this bed? <laughs> it's in the it's in the Big John and Little John's house. <laughs> oh, the redecorated yeah. one. Yeah. Gizmodo okay. says watching Halloween Kills is like dipping your fingers into a gaping wound. So oh. they either liked it or hated. I can't really tell from Not that. Sure, what that uh, means? Polygon says Halloween Kills is the the Avengers Infinity War of the new Halloween trilogy. Jesus which, Christ! You know, I know you don't like the the kind of take that every movie is like a marvel movie these days yeah i think critique <laughs> has just gone rotten yeah it's gone rotten so i love the mcu but having it be the only like focal point for how you have discourse about cinema like please stop yeah please stop <laughs> like please and then uh variety says halloween kills review it will feed your nostalgia for mediocre slasher sequels which i think is kind of harsh because we've gotten a lot of really bad horror slasher sequels Yes. I think there's more bad ones than good ones. I think horror movies are susceptible to bad sequels, like, almost out of the gate. And we'll talk about why mm -hmm. with this film, <laughs> which I don't think it's bad. Let me just proceed with that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, those are a lot of interesting reviews. I have a review from my mom, if that's oh. okay. No, that's okay. Yeah, uh, we don't hear from her enough. Yeah, she. so uh, <laughs> my mom, Elizabeth, she went to go see this film and she texted me right after because she knows I love horror movies. And she said, um, I wasn't in love with Halloween the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enough already and then ellipses die and there's actually no less than four maybe even five exclamation after the die like she just wants michael to die emphatic i like that he wiped out the town these stupid people trying to kill michael with a baseball bat or knife idiots what was it called old slugger <laughs> no it's old huckleberry old hu oh okay old, old huckleberry. huckleberry was the uh I almost said eponymous, as if it's in the title. <laughs> Halloween Kills, Old, Old Huckleberry. Huckleberry, the subtitle. People are like, what the fuck does that mean? No, the subtitle for this movie is Halloween, Evil Dies Tonight. Evil Dies Tonight! Because they yes. say it no less than 50 fucking it's times. fucking chant in of the film. this movie. Yeah. So, back to the question. Uh, how's it compared to the original? How does it compare to the original? Yeah. It's, it's interesting, because, like, we saw... The 2018 one in theaters together. And I remember coming out of that movie kind of like on a fucking adrenaline high. Like just really loving it. Kind of like just really feeling like what David Gordon Green and Dana McBride and the other guy <laughs> put together <laughs> on it. Um, I thought it was kind of a great like homage to like the, you know, 
40 years in between of, of Michael history as well as like other slasher movies. And it did a great job at like recontextualizing a lot of like the mythos and horror of Michael mm. and making it its own thing while obviously being a continuation of like, you know, Laurie's story from 78. And I, I liked a lot of its execution. I thought it had some really powerful shots and imageries, um, some really great kills and, and the music, like, you know, getting John Carpenter back for the music is like, one of, I think, the greatest achievements that, like, David Gordon Green could have done for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I fucking... I love that movie. I, I don't think it's, like, the perfect horror movie, but, like, I, I really enjoyed it through and through. And I know you said it's, like, a perfect movie for you. Oh, we'll get to um, my impression in a second. You don't tell you don't tell <laughs> the people how I feel. Yeah, and we, we just watched it um, probably a few days before we saw Halloween Kills yeah. to kind of, like, refresh. And then I watched the original. And, th- I mean, there there's a lot there, um in in that movie and it's it's kind of a lean machine too like it there's not a lot of fat on it it goes by kind of at a clip and then by the end of it you're kind of like you have like whiplash because like all this crazy shit happened you know you're processing like you know all the shit that happened to Lori and her family and it's just i i think it's just such a neat package and it really could have ended there and it would have been fine right like they could have ended in that last shot with the the strode family uh, females like in the back of that truck and I would have been like this is great like this is perfect Daniel's a man that refers to women as females <laughs> <laughs> no it's not like that I actually hate when people do that on the constant <laughs> um, but so like what I didn't know and I don't think we knew this at the time was that there wasn't only going to be one sequel there were going to be two sequels right right so I think that was recently that we discovered that there was going to be Halloween Kills and then what Halloween Ends is yeah. the third movie in the trilogy, but the quadrilogy pretty, as a whole. <laughs> pretty much as soon as the um, the Squid Game ball of money started filling up when 2018 <laughs> came out, they're like, there's a sequel coming, and there's two sequels coming. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that movie was a powerhouse. Coming into this, I was really excited for it. I kind of had a feeling from some of the trailers of what it was going to be. Like, you know, they, there were trailers of, like, the town coming together and, like, you know, hunting Michael. And I was like, oh, that's a really fucking, like, awesome concept. Like, that's really, really cool. Um, but some of its its runtime, some of its approach, some of its narrative structure actually kind of got in the way of itself. And I, by the end of it, I liked it way less than I thought I did. There's a good like 10, 15 minutes in the beginning that I thoroughly dislike. Um, and I wish I never had to see again. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fucking dead serious on that. <laughs> like, fucking Please, D, DG squared, you fucked take up. Take it out. So like the problem with this movie is like, I think it runs at like an hour and 50 minutes or so. And it feels like a yeah. two hour, like two hour, like a 10 minute movie. And I'm just like, some of it like really could have been trimmed down. Mm. Um, and it definitely suffers from like middle child syndrome. Like, cause it can't be taken on its own. Right. Like it, you know, no, this movie presupposes like everything that happened in 2018 and 1978 and it also kind of incorporates like the feel of like all the various sequels that happened in, in between that like the new movies kind of retconned and it, those homage points are cool some of it doesn't really feel earned um i think especially in its portrayal of michael and in the way some of these characters behave in turn where i just like i don't buy a lot of the the trauma much like i like i thought Lori's like portrayal of ptsd was awesome in the last movie but some of it it was a little far-fetched for me where it seemed a little too extreme mm-hmm. and same for all these other you know townspeople in this movie who were like affected 
in, in some cases, like on the periphery of what happened, the night of the babysitter kills, right? And uh, yeah, some of it, like I, it just didn't all work for me. It does some egregious flashbacks that I wish that I could unsee. Um, I know you like them. I feel way different about them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just don't. But they're, they're so like the, the good for me, though, is like where 2018 set up some very like crazy visual horror, some good suspense shots and like great kills. This movie like ups it by like 11, right? Yep. Where like there's some of the most gruesome graphic kills I've ever seen in like not only like, you know, a uh, Halloween movie, but like any slasher or horror movie. And like I, I fucking love that like it just like steps on the pedal and just like fucking goes for it in some scenes where it's like it's not afraid to linger on shots. It's not afraid to like really go for like the gut with some of its uh, its uh, scares or like you know kills. And I think maybe some of it's a little too much for for some people, right? Because uh, some of it it's not torture porn, but it definitely leans into like ooh, this is like kind of like slasher porn <laughs> in some ways. But um, overall, like. I think it was a an interesting ride, but I was happy to get out of the car by the ooh, end, and ooh, it ooh, it made ooh. me kind of like less excited for for ends, unfortunately. But there there is some good. I think like you know getting the original team back together was was brilliant. Um, there's still some brilliant touches of like writing and humor from that crew, you know, who's previously worked together on like you know Vice Principals and Pineapple Express and uh, Eastbound and Down, and like you could you can sense their chemistry and love for like Halloween and, and Michael. So it, it's it's mm. all still there and it all really works. And the fucking music, man, I love the music so much. So that, that opening theme and fucking visual with the pumpkins is just amazing. Oh yeah, that's like that's one of the, one of the fucking highlights. Um, highlights. God, I got chills when I saw that sequence. Where I was just yeah, like, this is one of the best openings. But so, does this land as a recommendation from you, or like recommendation <sighs> with like fourteen asterisks? <laughs> uh, recommendation with like at least maybe like three asterisks. Okay. Like I'm not like rushing to go see it again. Like if you know, I know it's on like Peacock streaming services right now. If it came elsewhere, if it came to like hbo i'd be like yeah i'll watch it like you know on streaming services but like if it came to a service you actually wanted yeah and currently own you'd watch it again i <laughs> that's a problem peacock like um it didn't do as well in peacock as it did in theaters surprisingly yeah just going to show that peacock is not foundational for users whatsoever if it's not on netflix hbo mm. or hulu fuck the fuck off right that's what people are well, saying it has the office crowd like it's got the people who love office people of parks and rec is I think, that not enough? I think some people are just like, I'll buy The Office. I'm not going to get Peacock. That was kind of my thought for yeah. it, too. Yeah. Um, is it for a premium on Peacock as well? Do you know? Or is it just like... Uh, no, have... it's just available with Peacock. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So even that, people still rush to the theater. Mm-hmm. They expected to get about 40 mil on this and exceeded those expectations by making 50 mil in its opening weekend. Cool. Right, so. That's... Tremendous in, in the time of COVID. So, like, could I recommend it? Um, it's it's a rough question, right? Because I think the... the <laughs> Is that a rough question? <laughs> yeah, no, because, like, the reception, like, you know, obviously from the headlines I've read, from your mother's review, right. um, from reading people's thoughts about it on Twitter and elsewhere, it's so mixed. And, like, yeah. I think that's one of the more fascinating parts about it, where, like, nobody's takeaway is quite the same. No. Um, because, like, they either love the OG, you know, Halloween 1978 feel, which we're never going to fucking get again, um, or they love what this take is. And they're like, yeah, fuck the, fuck those long lingering panning shots through an entire house. Fuck like these, these boring, you know, give me early, kills. early slasher movies. Give me kills. I right? see kills. And like 78 great, you know, sure. for like what it set up for Halloween and for slasher movies. But like, I, I definitely 
want to watch that less. God, it's almost like 40 years of films yeah. and iteration occurred in yeah. between then and now. So, you know, for, for what it's worth, like this movie has a lot more interesting and fun moments that I definitely would prefer watching yeah. over the original. I know that's crazy to say. The, but it, the second original, it, right? Yeah. Original. <laughs> no, the oh, original. Oh, 78. Okay, like, okay. It's, it's just definitely more of like a fun watch. Um, so if you liked 2018, yeah. I could recommend it. Um, I also could just recommend it because I just want to hear what people's thoughts are on it because it's just such an insane conversation piece. Like, the water cooler conversations about this movie are just interesting. Yeah, me. very, and... very... It's a divisive film. Yeah. That, that, that's what the reaction is. Yeah, getting into uh, Kevin's head. Yeah, let me pass the pumpkin this. to you. Yeah, oh, it's flaming. It's, it's flaming! Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's 50 of them <laughs> representing each of the Haddonfield's denizens. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm juggling them and I'm tossing them. Whoa! Um, yeah, the, the choir addition to the main theme is just oh so good so fucking it's good. so the thing about like that that original theme right yeah. like from the 78 movie it's like it's so simple it evokes so much like in yeah. terms of like suspense and fear and like we just know it. it's such an iconic theme but the way like carpenter and crew have been able to like iterate it on it in like 2018 in this one it's just like you had simple like you know organ touch or choir touches or guitar and you're like wow i they didn't think this theme could be better than it already Yeah, was. it could just recontextualize yeah. the, the theme entirely. <laughs> it's and, great. And once again, they use the theme very sparingly, only like for moments of like importance instead mm-hmm. of just like using it throughout like crazy, mm-hmm. right? Which is nice. Um, so I love Halloween 2018. And I think that was a movie that I really enjoyed when I first saw it. And on repeat viewings, it just continued to reinforce itself in my mind as a closer to perfect horror movie or at least slasher film mm. uh, than any of like its <clears throat> contemporaries that I've seen, right? Sure. I, I think it is it is deconstruction of the, the previous sequels by saying not just fuck that, but also we're retaking back the shape. We're bringing this back down to its simplest, most primal feel for what Halloween is. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give you... Like, it, it, it avoided the trappings of what Rob Zombie did, which was like, well, I need motivations for my killers. Let me do long, mm. drawn-out scenes of like his child abuse and yeah. stuff like that it instead brings back the character to he cannot be understood because he is a force of nature he is an animal at the best of times and just completely unknowable at the worst of times which is cool because what it does is in halloween 2018 it others michael away from the characters that we should be focusing on, right? Which is mm-hmm. always the balancing act that mm-hmm. most slasher films fuck up with. Sure. And I think some of the feedback for this film where people are like, what were you expecting? I think it's a really good slasher film. It's just dumb and lots of good kills. And it's like, 2018 wasn't dumb. Mm-hmm. 2018 was actually a really clever take on the Halloween mythos yeah. that grounded it and actually treated it with a little more seriousness than most of the fucking sequels <laughs> that came out before. Mm. Hell, it's not a shock that it decided to delete all of those sequels from its um, from its uh, canon and you know work its way back to what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think um, while I do agree with Laurie Strode's kind of trauma is way more pronounced than someone who encountered one night forty years ago of like you know uh, of of a guy who like we always talk about in the movie even kind of like mentions yeah. he only killed five people then it almost seems like the Michael mythology we're reacting to has to encompass these sequels that apparently didn't happen, which is always going to be like a flaw mm-hmm. with Gordon's or DG12 or DG Squared's uh, universe because it seems like we're really reacting to the mythos of Michael that didn't happen here. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a wonderful job of showing that like, well, this person just ruined her life through her own fear and paranoia mm-hmm. and that 
extended to her family, this, this generational trauma that's inherited by her daughter and eventually her granddaughter, who was kind of mixed, where mm -hmm. she's like, I love my grandma, but I also understand that she's probably crazy, mm -hmm. you know? I yeah. thought it was a really interesting lens for the original. But how much really of cool. that was like the mother pushing that on her, you know? Because I, yeah. I think like um, Allison definitely gives a bit more leniency with uh, Laurie. And yes. tries to understand her way more than the mother is actually ever like kind of shown trying to do. Right. But like Karen, the, the daughter also has good reasons for why that is. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is like this fucking guy is just a guy. He's been locked up for years and you ruined my goddamn childhood because of your fear of this person. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a slasher film. Mm -hmm. Right. 2018 is a really good fucking film. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I'm talking about these concepts that like, I'm just like a horror movie is tackling these things that are important and not just a horror movie, a horror franchise movie. We're not talking it follows or some fucking side branch, yeah. like Adam Wingard project. We're talking about fucking Halloween dealing with these like trauma and psychosis and, and the, the mythology of just a man. <laughs> but I like that because yeah. it shows that a storied franchise like Halloween can you know mature and grow over time and be as smart as these other kind of like like indie almost or like kind of lesser known horror titles uh like the cult classics or like i don't know the 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 ones that seem like they're paying homage to carpenter right, right? um and i like that it can kind of run in that circle now like it's i don't think it's like the thinking man's horror movie but it's like it's deliberate it's smart and it's just mm -hmm. it's it feels more purposeful in a lot of ways than like some of like you know like Halloween H2O or Resurrection, which is like, what is the purpose of these movies? Just to make money. money. Yeah. Money. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, and that's the thing. Like that, that's, that's why coming in the Halloween kills, I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed because this movie just deals with a lot of the same subject matter as 2018, but in a very clunky way. And the worst part is by its very existence, it actually ruins the catharsis that you're given mm -hmm. in Halloween 2018, which is a complete story by itself. Mm -hmm. It is Laurie versus Michael. They have a showdown. It ends catharsis, yeah. right? But by extending it into a trilogy where we say they have to like rehab that fight, but they don't even have that fight in this film, mm -hmm. ultimately gives it like this just disheveled approach to the material where it's just like, okay. And so the lens turns back into, hey, we're going to focus on Michael killing a bunch because that's cool. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. It is. Yeah. His kills and the level of aggression in this film, it's amazing. It's an awe to watch. It's some of the most creative, mm -hmm. intricate, and even tense kills that I've seen, uh, not just in this series, but in most slasher series ever. Yeah. Right? But what happens is um, it's frustratingly like just kind of all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. It tries to expand the cast into an ensemble. We have Tommy Doyle as a returning character yeah. played by Michael Anthony Hall. Um, and that shit did not work for me, right? Like I get the whole mob mentality, the whole no, 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 mobs are bad kind of thing. That, that That's cool. I, I, I get that. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really serve Halloween in any sort of way for me, or at least it could have. I thought the premise was great where it's mm -hmm. like, it's like Lori's not the only one who's suffered, mm -hmm. right? Michael is a curse on Haddonfield, not just the Strodes. And I thought that that's a cool like testing field, but I feel like when I watched this movie, I, I got the same feeling of just like, I want to be in the editing room because you literally have like the jigsaw puzzle pieces everywhere and they're not in the right order. They're not in the right places. You need to just like restitch this movie together where the pacing and payoff actually works because there is literally like the entire middle hour of this film. Mm -hmm. You can switch around every single scene and it plays out the same, which is crazy. It's crazy how the movie can be that way, right? Well, yeah. But that just goes to show you how there's just no focus on like any sort of like real plot <laughs> well you have like three separate 
simultaneous planes of action. You have what's going on with Lori and Karen in the hospital. You have what's going on with the mob. And then you have whatever yep. the fuck is going on with Michael. Michael's having a big night yeah. out. You know, he's just <laughs> celebrating Halloween like he loves. And it's like, it, it just, it's a like, I understand what they were going for with it. Yeah. But like the execution, like you said, it, it just was kind of clunky. It was very clunky. Yeah. And then it also like it, it changes the thing that I thought was wonderful about the original, which was it doesn't other Michael. You start rooting for Michael at a certain point because the characters don't land for you anymore. Oh, yeah. I was worried about every single one of the Strode family and even even Ray, Karen's husband and some of the other characters. Yeah. Julian, my boy Julian and his <laughs> babysitter, who was so nice. That's that's his number one best babysitter, yeah, dude. She's pretty awesome. Vicky. Yeah, all these characters, and like they even get it. You get like a lens into uh, Allison's world, kind of as like an homage to like how Deborah Hill really crafted like the um, the kind of female perspective. I use the word female. Look what you've done to me. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, it was me. Yeah, I did it. You did it. I other the the female perspective that was De- Deborah Hill added to the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, this movie loses a lot of that. You know, just because it is, it's the middle child. It's the two towers, right? Although it's not as well executed as two towers. Although I rewatched that movie, pretty fucking boring, if you <laughs> yeah. ask me. I don't give a shit what what Pippi and and Marinus, what what is his name is, T- the two little Hobbit bitches. Yeah, Mary and Pippin. Yeah, I don't care what they're like. Oh, they meet Treebeard. What the fuck do I care about this? Hey man, show some respect so for the ends. Fucking boring. Anyway, and the, it does the same thing too. Oh, this cool cast of characters—they're all separate. Fucking Laurie Strode stuck in a hospital the whole film. Karen's like, I, I don't. What am I doing? Yeah. Allison's out in the night hanging out with fucking Robert Longstreet. And he's doing his wonderful <laughs> voice. I love his wonderful voice, but still. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a point where like the movie started to set up what the plot was going to be, and yeah. I'm like, okay, I know what we're in for. And it was literally like when we realized that Laurie wasn't going anywhere and that like it was going to focus very heavily on this mob whether in the present or via flashbacks to show how much their trauma really matters and why their like motivations are going to be at the forefront of everything they do right (laughs) it's 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 frustrating and i i think too like i i wish they would have just like done the flashbacks like either first or in one fell scene and then walked away from them but they lean too like hard into them between like the present planes of action. I agree. I, I love know. the flashback unto itself. I don't like the the mechanical use of the flashbacks. Yeah. That's the difference. I love seeing... Okay, we, that, that's a yeah. spoiler. We'll get into that. Yeah. But um, I think still overall, I'm a little more up on this film because I still enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed the fact that it was the same filmmaking crew that has a genuine affection for this world and really cares about interlinking it with... Uh, John Carpenter's Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure that this is the same world. It's believable that 40 years later, we have a cohort of people that don't even remember Michael and a cohort that are so deeply affected that they'll never forget Michael, yeah. which is us, the audience, in, yeah. in one respect. But I think um, I, I, I enjoy it overall, but I'm more disappointed in it because of my love for the original mm-hmm. and the fact that it is, from a ensemble perspective, not very compelling, a little bit messy. Yeah. And it does this thing that the first one was pretty good about, which is like, we're going to introduce characters and then kill them pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And we only got like a few zippy lines to make you like them. And it does that almost in like three instances throughout the film. And some of it works, like Big John and Little John. And some of it doesn't work. Like, oh yeah, cool couple with a drone. I'm supposed to like you because of the drone? Oh, you're dead. Okay, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it does a lot of that, right? But um, I, I don't think I'm less excited for Halloween Ends. I'm more interested. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in like, okay, well, how do you land this shit, right? And like, how drastically different are you going to go? Because 
I don't know if I got much more out of what I felt like I needed from a Michael Myers like reboot uh, than what 2018 gave me. Mm-hmm. This one was like, okay, cool. I don't know if there's anything much more that that was like compelling or absolutely need to be said other than just like, well, we're just kind of padding out the money at sure. this point, right? So I still recommend it. I think okay. if you like, again, if you like the original, I recommend it. And I'm definitely going to watch it again. I, I like... I like DG Squared's uh, take on <laughs> Halloween. I do. I really love his grounded approach to the mm-hmm. material. It's not zany, and it's not um, morosely violent like Rob Zombie's take. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that was just like, this man doesn't know when to let off the gas. Whereas, you know, DGG is a little better about that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is restraint at times. Whether yeah. it's to peel back and like bring the microscope down on another like circle of characters or do something else like um with with plot devices whereas rob zombie is like what if we just tore apart the psychology of michael and threw it at the screen and there's danny trejo it's a take yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know i liked uh he makes masks i like 2007's halloween that rob zombie did but i like, loved it as a kid yeah. and, and then my affection started to like yeah. drain on, out the more that i watch it as i got like yeah older. on on repeat yeah. watches it definitely lessens its effect and you're like ooh, this is a little too much it kind of says something about it though right like when i was like 17 i thought it was like oh this is obviously a one-up to john carpenter's yeah. material it's fucking awesome because oh, you were an edgelord. killing he's fucking giant i was an edgelord yeah <laughs> were we edgelord? all no we were all edgelords when we were 17. I was going to church every day, boy. You weren't. Every day I say, hey, what's up, God, you stupid bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I would fucking backflip with my trip pants. Nice. <laughs> but, um, but they get caught on the cross because you have like those fucking harnesses on the back. <laughs> oh, J- Jesus, get me out of this. Jesus won't help you if you call him a bitch, boy. <laughs> I don't know what meta. I just anyway. Love it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, as I got older, I, I gained a bigger appreciation for like I guess John Carpenter's filmmaking style, mm-hmm. which is much more like well, one, I don't have any money to do anything fancy, so I'm gonna really work yeah. the artistry of a scene. It's gonna be slow. I'm gonna pan. I'm gonna make sure that I like play with your psychology more than showing you like someone's eyes pop out of their fucking head, mm-hmm. which you know happened in this movie. <laughs> So I think you yeah. have more of a history with like Halloween than I do. I've at seen least every in, single one in like a proper a lot of approach. times actually. Really? Yeah, I've seen all of them like multiple times. That explains a lot. Yeah. So, so you probably saw them more like chronologically in a way that made sense. Where like I I don't really remember seeing 1978 in theaters mainly because I wasn't alive. No, like in watching order when you were a kid. <laughs> so like somebody probably sat you down right and watched yeah. like the original Halloween. Someone sat me you. down. No, never. It was always me going like out of my way to like watch this shit on like Sci Fi Channel okay. and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. I didn't I didn't have any um, proper uh, parental role models in my <laughs> life. <laughs> well, like, for me, like, Halloween was not something that I grew up on. Like, my inundation to slashers was Scream, which at that point was, like, almost 20 years removed from, like, this classic horror take that was, like, thoughtful and, you know, is, is so held in high regard. And then, you know, Wes Craven comes in and is like, what if we gave you meta horror schlock and you loved it? And I'm like, I do love it. Yeah. Give me three more movies. And they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, these are great. Um, so, like, I, I got into Halloween with some of the sequels kind of in that era where, like, you know, there was Halloween H2O. Which and Resurrection. was written by the guy who wrote Scream and was yep. basically Scream, but with motherfucking Michael Myers. And, 
those were bad. Yeah. You know? Like, Busta Rhymes, you know, give me some more any other day of the week, but not in this movie. Because, like, right. I didn't, you know, I just don't like, I don't like that, that approach for, uh... H2O, I, I, I don't know. Like, I should have loved it because it's like, ooh, Big Brother era of movies. But anyway, uh, I went back after like seeing those to watch the original. I was like, oh, I see what this is. I see why people love it. And then I put it to bed for a long time. And then like when Rob Zombie's 2007 one came out, I was like, oh, I'm into Halloween. Actually, I feel like I'm really into this this franchise now. He winced. Um, but blinking. But yeah, my... <laughs> My history is a bit more all over the place with it. So, like, I don't have so much of a, like, allegiance to, like, what I think Michael should be Hmm. or what, like, I really need the movies to be. I'm just kind of in for the ride. I like, you know, Rob Zombie over-explaining it. Sometimes the idea of, like, Michael being a, a... unintentional killing shape of destruction doesn't always work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in this case, like it does, but only through David Gordon Green's intentions, not so much the way some of the characters frame it. Cause some of the characters put Michael out there immediately as like, he's the shape. He's this killing unstoppable force. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense that you're saying this though. Yeah. They almost speak <laughs> about him in like, and that's something that I, I feel like is a big shift from part one to part two. Yeah. Um, is that they almost talk about him in a supernatural sense, which is something that like the previous sequels that we retconned mm-hmm. really dove into and we didn't need because that's like not a cool <laughs> like yeah. direction for this. Maybe that's fine for Jason Voorhees because it's like, how do you explain? He's a zombie. He's basically yeah. a zombie. Who cares, right? But Michael Myers has always been like the genesis of the characters is just something grounded in reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like John Carpenter wanted it to be like the, this. It's this thing. The shape comes in and rocks his small community. This mm-hmm. kind of thing doesn't happen here. Yeah. That was like the point of it, right? Not like people having monologues about, you know, him being a monster or something like that. But I think that leads us into spoilers. Sure. We got to dive into Halloween kills. Get your knife, get your mask. Let's fucking slash through the spoilers, guys. So if you don't know the setup for this film, it takes place minutes after the original film. <gasps> I love that. Minutes where we open up on Cameron, Mr. Cameron from yeah. uh, Allison's boyfriend, searching around and going, yeah. "Where's my best friend Oscar?" And Oscar is like just a corpse. They actually brought that actor back to be a corpse, by the way. That's, that's great. Really, that's really funny. Yeah, the, the pickup point I think is is brilliant because like I didn't expect it to do that. Like I didn't expect fucking Cameron to show up in his gender bent like Bonnie and Clyde costume, like still wearing the skirt and everything. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is fucking great!" Like that immediate pickup point. The attention to detail really just shows like how invested they were into getting it right. Yeah, and I I love great. that. Like that's that's one of the things I can't praise this movie enough for. Um, yeah, I think that's great. And then we we find out like big bits of like a, a character that they bring back, and I actually really like what they do with them. I know you weren't hot on it, but Hawkins is alive. He, yeah, he was stabbed by Doctor Sartain, the man who was obsessed with getting Michael and Laurie to to duke yeah, it out like the they're two famous line. Horror Let dolls. <laughs> yep, that was the line. <laughs> they're gonna fight, and I'm gonna love it. <laughs> and he got him with his cool pen knife. Like, <laughs> what? A, first of all, his practices are fucked up, right? He runs an institution mm. where he's like, well, I let the crazies outside, yeah. <laughs> and they're all like just like standing in a weird courtyard. Were they chained? Michael was, ch- at yeah. least. 
<laughs> he was like, "Yeah, you know, they they get some uh, they get some fresh air here. Why don't you dangle this mask yeah. at him?" <laughs> so these podcasters that show up, he's like, "Hey, what if you incited an induced yeah. evil right here in front?" Wouldn't of it be me? cool? Yeah. He should lose his fucking license. I think so. And also, he's like, "Where did he get his cool pen knife from? What the yeah. fuck? Like, what is wrong with this guy?" Anyway, he's the one that causes, and I actually like this leads into um, something that Hawkins says to Lori later because they're both in the hospital, mm-hmm. right? Which is like she's like he came after me. He came to my home, and he was like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! No, actually, it was that crazy doctor that did that." Mm-hmm. I don't think Michael cares about you. Which is like the at first, I didn't love the fact that they retconned that Michael and Lori uh, are related, mm-hmm. as in brother and sister. Because I think it was, like, enough of a kernel of motivation that people can get behind. Like, oh, that's why he keeps on coming back to Haddonfield and killing and killing and killing. He's mm-hmm. looking for his sister. But over time, I grew to respect the aspect of, like, Michael, as Hawkins so eloquently describes, is a six-year-old in a man's body with the mind of an animal. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about you. He just he just kills. Yeah, he kills Halloween kill. does what? kills he is halloween he kills yeah even in like the 2018 movie where like you're trying to wrap your head around like his killing path you're like well he was never intending to get to laurie he was literally manipulated into this situation by sartain yeah for all intents fucking a lunatic yeah for all intents and purposes he doesn't know who laurie is especially not after 40 years but it, it isn't until like what what actually happens to incite that i forget because I, I know like he's chasing allison Huh? Uh, sorry. Oh, he's just mindlessly killing across Haddonfield when the doctor picks up Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, because the doctor is traveling with Hawkins, right? Yeah. And they, they see Allison's running around and gets her in the back seat, right? Mm-hmm. And then they find Michael at a certain point, yeah. right? Like where Hawkins is like, I'm going to run his ass over. Yeah, and then they get him in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm saying, the point where he does intercept with Laurie, it's because he's chasing Allison to the compound. Oh, he drives Allison and Michael to the compound. Oh, exactly. He drives both of them to the compound, and then Michael wakes the fuck up in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And then, like, hey, that was that brilliant scene. Not to, like, talk about the original, but she's like, oh, Michael said something. He, he said something to me. He's like, what did Michael say to you? Because that's, that's all that characters want, apparently, is for Michael to explain himself. Even Rob Zombie wanted that. Yeah. And I love that David Gordon Green understands the power of just fucking robbing that from you going you're never gonna get michael to speak to fucking sit down and explain why he kills to you yeah never that was that was the whole motivation for sartain and like the podcasters in the beginning yep. right like show him the mask get him to speak speak michael say something and all these fucking people are barking yeah. like animals because it's like fucking just fucking chum in the water for them i think it's brilliant yeah. like I'm, I'm more about him being the shape right sure. but at the same time the shape is still a man and I think this movie kind of fucks that up a little bit, especially when you get to the ending of the film. Mm-hmm. But I want to just kind of dissect like what works and what doesn't work. And I think we can't talk about what doesn't work without mentioning the fucking mob as led by Tommy Doyle. Yeah. And it leads to this one scene that straight up don't work for me, right? Which is the explanation of like Tommy Doyle's whole thing in the bar scene. Yeah. Right? Well, they start threading it in a way where like you get that scene with Hawkins where Cameron kind of stumbles upon him, which leads to like the first flashback. Oh, the flashback. Okay. Yeah. Can I def- I'm gonna defend the flashback. <laughs> sure. So you get the flashback where Hawkins is with his partner, right? And they're in the original 
Yeah. They're in the house. In 1978. Yeah. And like that, I think that homage, like the framing of like the filter of the shot and everything, it's like, oh, th- this is a cool touch. The casting is brilliant because yeah. they all, they look like people from the 70s. They, they get a guy in fucking like a, a Donald Pleasant's uh, bodysuit or something. Looks yeah. Just like him. No CG, by the way. It's yeah. all makeup. Yeah. That was fucking great. And like, so they do a good Did job. Did he at, kill again? <laughs> it's a, a good really job great at, like, line. Reenvisioning yeah. that scene fucking 40 years later but you get this bobo scene where like fucking hawkins can't shoot straight like you know <laughs> michael fucking yeah well so so this is like one of the big motifs of the film right so yeah. like they go to they go to um the myers home which is dilapidated in 1978 mm. and wonderful in 2021 but uh oh, it's lavish it's lavish but <laughs> the johns know how to take care of we go to judith's room judith myers room where michael murdered her right Mm -hmm. and it's two cops hawkins and his partner and his partner's like looking around and like sees like there's boot marks like right in front of the window apparently that's that's michael's good standing spot Mm -hmm. and he's like look he's like i guess he's looking out at haddonfield and this guy's like haddonfield where nothing interesting ever and then gets fucking bodied by michael (laughs) and like in the first genuine scare of the film because like remember in 1978 michael was just like i'm gonna walk towards you very slowly and this one was just like i saw what football is i'm gonna tackle you yeah they (laughs) turn michael into this like juking balletic monster (laughs) he's fucking funny as shit dude which reminds me more of zombie in fact his kills in the film and his aggression in the film match zombies version of of michael myers more so Mm -hmm. but without all of the fucking redneck broken house white trash shrivel but um yeah so apparently like michael likes to stand in front of that window and just stare at himself and that's like a big thing and his whole motivation for the film is actually to make it back to his home Mm -hmm. yeah it's probably like his his like magnetic north and like he probably sees himself as like a kid still in that moment because like you even get the reflection where like at, at the end um Karen's, Karen's sees, looking up yeah. and she sees him in like the clown costume. Right. So like I imagine that's there. still how he sees himself. Yeah. Why know? is she hallucinating about this shit? That's we- that's a weird thing. That's another strange I don't know. thing what is, that's going on. But is this on. the fucking haunting of Hill House where the house has like a spell on people? No. Get the right. fuck out of here. Um, All who enter these doors <laughs> get stabbed. <laughs> so they have that setup where that happens and then Hawkins is just like, I didn't save my partner. You know, I couldn't stop Michael. Shot him in the neck by accident. Yeah. What the fuck? Hawkins so, is the worst shot on earth. How many like minutes of training did you have before fucking joining the force? Because like, come on, man. You gotta learn how to shoot straight. Michael is the slowest walking force of nature you've ever seen. You can't shoot him while he's going down the stairs. <laughs> they trained me in a potato gun. What, what do you expect Shooting from me? Shooting around him, fucking cutting a uh, fucking outline around the dude. Yeah, dude, it's fucking know, nuts. Stupid. It's, it's almost like a Looney Tunes yeah. cartoon where, like, the, the wall behind Michael should fall down in a perfect Michael, <laughs> Michael shape. <laughs> yeah, but then Michael gets outside. He gets yeah. captured. Or arrested, if yeah. you will. And, and here, here's here's where I agree. They break yeah. up the flashback where you don't find out until later because they keep on revisiting this flashback of the night that Michael got captured, yeah. which is like apparently more thematically important to the people of Haddonfield beyond, I guess, because everyone in the original died except for Laurie, right? So it makes a little bit of sense. Sure. But um, Loomis was going to fucking point blank execute michael with his revolver yeah and it would have been awesome but hawkins having just witnessed his partner bleed to death from his throat after accidentally shooting apparently got a change of heart of like we don't just execute people we're Mm -hmm. we're cops 
cops don't just execute people. It was a different time in 1978. Apparently, he didn't get a note. So (laughs) no, they just accidentally shoot their partners. Yeah. So Hawkins stops him. And here, here's where another misstep. I feel like I agree. The flashback should have like started the movie and just been one long sequence that we very in a tertiary manner like reference, right? Yeah. Instead of breaking it up as if there's like revelations in it, right? Like I think it would have been more powerful as like, oh wow, there's a lot we didn't know about that night, and then mm-hmm. have the context of like, oh, have so it, Lonnie, oh, so Tommy, have it be like a cold open, and then you get hit with the fucking opening credits and the theme, versus like, let's open in present day with Cameron stumbling upon Hawkins, do a flashback, have the opening credits, meet the cra- uh, the mob, do a flashback, and it it just goes back and forth like again. Way I want to restitch the movie because yeah. I'm just like, yeah, why do you keep on cutting to those flashbacks, man? Like it was good enough, powerful by itself. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, so like the idea is that there's more people than Laurie who have trauma from Michael, mm-hmm. right? And one person who's been waiting his whole life for Michael to come back, just like Laurie, yeah. is Tommy Doyle. Sure. And Tommy Doyle, we are introduced to him in a fucking bar where he's chilling with not just uh, himself because he's a little sad, lonely drunk. He is hanging out with uh, Lindsay from the original movie, the little girl being babysat, uh, played by Kyle Richards, mm-hmm. famous of... Famous from Desperate Housewives? (laughs) No, not Desperate Housewives. Real Housewives? Yeah, uh, Real Housewives of some county somewhere. Yeah, and then they (laughs) got the fucking nurse that was chilling with Loomis back. Uh, I forget her name. And then it was... Huh? Yeah, Lonnie yeah. Elam, who's who again, they didn't get the original Lonnie, but they got like Robert Longstreet, who is yeah. famous for uh Mike Flanagan team ups. He yeah. was great in Midnight Mass. Oh, he was amazing in Midnight Mass. I honestly think he was the most amazing in Hill House when he gives that fucking twenty minute monologue about him and his wife. <laughs> yeah, he's the butler, right? Yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> he's so good. I love seeing like he should always be in horror forever. Like, he's amazing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you get this this scene of these people in this bar, and, like, they're doing, like, what, open mic, like, karaoke. And, like, it's a talent show for Halloween, <laughs> yeah. but apparently Tommy thinks it's a great time to interrupt that to tell a story about the babysitter murders yeah. and how there's a little boy who depended on Laurie Strode. I was that little boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I got to tell you, I like Anthony Michael Hall. I do not like him in this movie. No, I... His performance was kind of like uneven for me, and I honestly wish they would have just gotten fucking Paul Rudd for I it. I know, right? Like, yeah, he he's like this kind of like bare knuckle version of the character, as if he's been like fucking punching dummies his whole life in preparation, like wearing a Michael mask, as if he's like been doing the same thing Laurie has, and it's just not yeah. as believable. Just get it? Like, what is he? We don't even know what his job is, or like what he does. Like, if you told me if he was like a fucking like high school coach or something at the same high school, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, that you, tracks. You know nothing about this dude, and this brings me to something that I wish that they did and they didn't is that a lot of these character setups of like the returning Haddonfield survivors Mm -hmm. I wish it was like a a cutback to the podcasters in the same way that they tried to interview Lori or did interview Lori Mm -hmm. that they were going around to them Mm -hmm. and we have that cool connection to the original of like let me tell tell your story Tommy or tell your story random nurse (laughs) yeah set them up in a way that at least feels seated and meaningful in the in 2018's movie and then when we get to this point with these characters at least it feels a bit more earned because like when they present all these people at the bar you're like okay cool like yeah i get it like you all were there that night i don't think that you've all necessarily been carrying the trauma and like this want to like you know be a hero in quite the same way but yet tommy still does the thing to rally them and kind of get him on his same wavelength Mm -hmm. which is it i don't know it i think maybe on paper it worked the way it executed just didn't 
play out well. Yeah, and, and it's like, I think the movie either implies or somebody makes a line where it's like Tommy and the rest of the survivors are drinking buddies with Laurie. Yeah. And you really don't, like, and then I would kind of understand where, like, Laurie's whole fucking world is, like, prepping for Michael. Mm-hmm. Like, it would make a little more sense if, like, there was conversations of, like, oh, yeah, you gotta be ready. St- stuff like that. Just something, just, like, a little bit of a kernel... Not just like, well, Tommy Doyle is just really waiting to steal the baseball bat from Mick's bar bar, (laughs) in order to go after Michael Myers. Because what happens is you get a news report that goes like, Michael's on the lam again. And uh, he's like, well, everyone in this bar, let's form a mob. And they're just like, yeah, actually, we didn't know who Michael was before you started telling your sad drunk story. But you know what? Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's the thing where maybe a lot of people who lived in Haddonfield uh, or recently moved there might be aware of the story, but they're still not carrying it with them the same way. But yeah, I mean, it that... seems like they don't even remember this story. <laughs> yeah. So why are they just like, sure, dude, and I'm, like, I'm bored tonight. And like, I get the idea of wanting to like tell this story 40 years out on Halloween, right? Yeah. I get it. I get the motivation of it. It's, you know... It's, it's a scary story. It pays testament to, like, the tragedy that happened there. But it becomes very quickly this cyclone of mob mentality. Right. And it kind of, like, just toxically explodes. <laughs> and kind of all these people are just on the same wavelength of, like, yeah, no, we got to stop Michael. Um, and it, it really start like, the, the speech kind of ends at, as, like, a testament to Laurie of, like, hey, Laurie, like, we're with you. You know, your fight is our fight. And it like if they left it there, I'd be like, okay, cool, that's like a nice speech. Sure, well, maybe we'll come across these characters again. Yeah. But like, you literally spent like <laughs> half the movie with like groupings of these characters because they all branch off at one point, and you follow like you know the nurse and the doctor and uh, fucking Denise Richards or Kyle Richards or whatever the fuck. Denise Richards. I wish Denise Richards was in this <laughs> What's movie. Her name? God damn, I had such a big crush on Denise Richards. Uh, Kyle Richards yeah. is. Uh... Yeah, so you follow, like, the the nurse and the doctor and Kyle Richards, and then you follow, like, Tommy Doyle and Elam and, like, all these other people. And, like, the funny thing about bringing back most of these returning characters, it's, like, it's fan service, but they just end up killing them in the most brutal ways. Yeah. Like, anyway? <laughs> yeah, doesn't it feel moot to just be like, hey, these are people that, yeah. like, you really want to feel for their, their story and, I'm, you know, fight for them as survivors, but they just fucking die. I'm glad that... <laughs> so, this is something I didn't bring up on our botched version of this podcast, at the end of the movie, a dude walked up to us in the theater and he was just like, why did they bring back all those characters just to kill them? <laughs> yeah, it could have been anybody. He was like, they even killed the old man. They killed fucking Sheriff Brack. I was like, yeah, they sure did. They cut his throat right at the fucking end of the movie. Well, I mean, I guess... He was like 98 and they were like, hey, can you uh, put some squibs underneath your... <laughs> so bad. I mean, I guess all the babysitters were killed that night. So, you know, what, what are you going to do? You know, you got to kill the next best thing you know people at a bar the geriatrics we go from young women to geriatrics way to go michael i mean i i do like kind of the setting of the bar as kind of this pickup point of like okay all this craziness is happening throughout the neighborhoods and then you have like the nurse and the doctor i can't remember their their names um but like there's literally a scene where like you see them they leave in their car to go away to like a halloween party and then the bar presumably right so they're all doing their own thing while like michael is fucking slashing his way through haddonfield in Mm -hmm. the first movie so to like kind of peel back to him and have these nods of like oh yeah like shit yeah these people were kind of like mentioned or like in a scene briefly those nods are nice at least but yeah Mm -hmm. for all these other characters that are 
quote legacy Halloween characters. You sure did them justice. Yeah, yeah. There were the and the whole mob thing too. Like I'm not sure. Like what the messaging behind like mobs are bad. Like I don't know if they're trying to make some sort of like if David's trying to make a commentary about like how because like this movie was filmed in 2019. So it was like are you talking about like the Trump mob mentality or something? I'm like we have a way better example in the fucking Capitol riots, dog. So like. The mob mentality does get worse. It gets worse in the hospital scene, yeah. right? And we'll we'll get to that. Because, like, I do, like, there is, like, a kind of parallel flip after that scene where we go back to Lori and we go back to uh, Allison and Karen. And I like that pickup point of, like, shit, they're driving away from the compound. It's on fire. You know, Lori's like, no, don't don't go back there. Don't go back Let there. Him Let him burn. And it's, like, such an impactful scene. And, like, yeah, you know, fucking, fucking they run, crazy. They rush Lori to the hospital. She's fucking, like, you know, cut nipple to navel. Like, has this big fucking gaping wound in her that <laughs> they have to fucking navel. do immediate surgery on. The new Mars Volta album. <laughs> nipple to navel. <laughs> Track three. <laughs> don't fucking sleep on it, man. Right. Um, and, like, they get rushed to the hospital. And then you we flip back to... The compound, you know, yeah. we know Michael's still in there, but like, how is he going to get out? And it, the, the yeah, scene centers yeah. on like this battalion of firefighters who, like, you this know, it's cool. <laughs> the scene is awesome. It's fucking great, but it also like sets the tone. <laughs> like, it it almost feels like they went full throttle too quickly. Like, I, I wish there was more of a ramp up in this film to him just absolutely devastating people. But it starts with a scene where these firefighters like are trying to put out this fire, and they. One of them falls through the ground and gets into the basement where Lori trapped Michael. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a file, a fireproof roll door. Everybody's what? got one. We Lori? have one in the fucking garage. Like that, that's like Lori locking him in there and being like, I hope he doesn't get into the firearm cabinet. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, Lori, maybe you should have trapped him in a place that's a little more like, I don't know. Like, I hope he doesn't get to my fucking weed. That chronic is too good. <laughs> Michael Stone is more powerful than any man. <laughs> like, what? But he ends up breaking up. But it's a really cool scene. Yeah. It's set up so well where he fucking devastates. It, it, he it, kills like twelve firefighters. It's like um, <laughs> it's like any one of the fights that you have in Yakuza where it's just like firefighters versus Kiryu. Yeah, with that font on the screen. Yeah, fucking Michael <laughs> from the Myers clan, and he just like they're all like, "What the fuck is this?" And they they start they like rally up. They're like, "Well." Grab some axes. Let's yeah. let's tear this man down. And he's like, no way. And he fucking br- cuts these people down in the most brutal fucking way. Because the whole so the director says that he thinks in his mind, and the movie doesn't really like communicate this, but it at least shows it, mm. is that Michael was bested at the end of Halloween 2018, and therefore he is fucking pissed. Like he's just angry. Oh, is that what I'm supposed to gather? I get no emotion from Ex- that fucking. Well, of mask. course, <laughs> yeah. But like, he ends up murdering. Half the town, which is pretty awesome, yeah. actually. This is probably like one of his highest body count trails. Uh, twenty eight, I believe, in the film. Fucking, it's and it's impressive. Like their creative yeah. kills, their brutal kills. Twenty eight, up from five in the yeah. absolute original. <laughs> so Jesus like that, that's the thing. Like yeah, he killed five people in the original. That's just a normal night of killing. Like yeah, sure, yeah, people yeah. might have some trauma of it. Sure, that's a Friday. 
after this night, though, this town's gonna have some serious fucking trauma. That's why I'm interested in yeah. ends, because it's just like, yo, the legend of Michael Myers is now a cemented legend. Yeah, exactly. This dude absolutely murdered, like, someone that everyone knew. Yeah, it's a palpable legend. Yeah. It's not just 40 years of, like, what the the viewers have is like michael's body trail in his history right. it's actually there yeah the, it, it'll feel a little more earned although this movie still fucking plays with this, these ideas yeah. or you're just like you're talking about movies that don't exist dog yeah <laughs> the one thing i wanted from the firefighter scene is like one of the firefighters has like a fucking like jaws of life like fucking like chainsaw mm. and like i wanted michael to fucking take it and fucking kill him with it oh didn't he not he turns it on him but like i wanted him to like wield it Oh, yeah. yeah, he just turns it on his face. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's good enough for me, man. <laughs> no, I oh, wanted to fucking, fucking like, roll through Haddonfield with that. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, no, he likes butcher's knives. Oh, he, he sure loves butcher's knives. He loves butcher's knives. My, yeah. my favorite thing from this scene outside of, like, the brutal killings is, like, when Michael emerges, he is, like, you see visible flame damage on him. His mask is melted. Mm-hmm. It's covered in soot. His fucking hair is half melted. And he <laughs> looks like a fucking terror. Yeah. Like, no longer the pristine mask and, like... Every time he shows up, like, you can tell, like, he's just wearing, like, his victims on him in a way. And right. It's, I, I don't know. He's just such a sight to see in every scene he shows up from, like, this point on. Yeah, and he's very brutal in this film. Like, yeah. again, like, the, the, the analog or the comparisons to uh, Rob Zombie's uh, version. It's just like, yep, they're there. Although I do like that he's, like, he's still, like, old man Michael. Mm-hmm. Like, he's this just old demon. Yep. At this point, right? Like, I and they they take off the mask a bunch of times in this movie, but they mm-hmm. they do the clever like lens shots where it's like it's always blurred. You never really see his face because it's not important what he looks like. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just important that his mask is a part of him, right? Yeah. And like he has to have it back, like whether we know why or it's just a visual thing of like, yeah, that he is one with the mask. Yeah. So like, I I like all that, and I like some of the kills are like um, very notable kills. If you want to talk about them, or like. The old couple where he breaks off a fluorescent and fucking just jabs it through the lady's neck. Yep, that's one of my favorite kills. And then just like leaves it at that. Like he doesn't continue with it. He's just like, that's probably enough for you, right? And then he ends up doing this thing where he basically tests the fit of every knife in that kitchen on the husband. Yep, until he finds the right one. Until like he just does like very systematic stabs, just looking for the right, his good stabbing knife. It's just like, Jesus I, Christ. I, and he makes the, the wife watch while he's doing it too, yeah. which is just fucking nuts. While she's bleeding out. Yeah, and like not only like to add insult to injury, didn't he fucking slam this old man like through a wall and like throw his. He sure did. And he fucking broke his drone broke like his favorite drone <laughs> so like come on man <laughs> he broke, broke his toy and broke his life yeah that was one of those scenes where like it happens so fast and you're like it's my jaw drop where i'm like oh this is just like visual candy but the problem is it like it carries off the firefighter scene and you start to root for michael again yep you start to want to see everything he's gonna do in every way he's gonna kill unlike 2018 <laughs> yeah um 2018 didn't have these like oh brutalistic like it had some great kills yeah. but like it was if you go back there's some kills where it's like oh when he killed vicky the babysitter for instance it was mm-hmm. like oh he's knifing her but we're not showing her spine get ripped open or yeah. something like that right he killed her he got her and that was like the release of tension mm-hmm. this film like really focuses on like i'm gonna tear these people apart mm-hmm. right and it's like, yeah, it does. It does distract from like, well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I still love Laurie and, you know, those characters, but they're kind of sidelined. They're not really like the focus of the plot. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, well, let's see. Uh, let's just see him tear apart Haddonfield, whatever. And it gives you a weird, <sighs> yeah. it's a weird sequel in that way where it's like, well, this is definitely for the gore hounds, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know who I care about in the 
the mob. Like, I, I don't care about I didn't like Tommy, Tommy Doyle. I don't think you're supposed to like Tommy. Yeah. But, like, there's a way to play that kind of character where it's still, like... <laughs> Tommy could have been a character of, like... He could have been Karen's foil. Because Karen, for instance, mm-hmm. is, like, the voice of reason. She's a very, like, caring... Like, even after these terrible events, she's still, like... Let the cops handle this shit. Mm-hmm. This is not for us. Michael's probably going to kill us mm-hmm. if he's really still out there and survived the goddamn fire. Let the cops go shoot him a bunch of times and hopefully we can like solve that. Except Hawkins. Don't fucking put Hawkins anywhere near that fucking thing. He doesn't know how to shoot to save his fucking life. <laughs> I, was, I was trained by a stormtrooper. <laughs> but... Yeah, so, like, it's, like, there's things that I wish were a little better. Like, I wish Karen and Tommy, like, they end up teaming up and only for, like, ten minutes in the movie. Maybe even less than that. Yeah. I wish that was more of a thing. Like, maybe the mob mentality fails, like, way quicker. And it's, like, mm-hmm. well, Karen has to come in and be, like, if if I don't step up, people are going to be, like, my goddamn crazy mother. And I thought that would have been a cool thing. It, it would have been. But instead, you get Allison, who kind of buds off and joins the mob. And, like, yeah. she loses some of her groundedness, where, like, she kind of just, like gets washed away by like Tommy and uh, Lonnie's kind of uh, fucking enthusiasm. By the way, I hate I hate the naming conventions there, Tommy and Lonnie. Tommy and Lonnie. <laughs> fucking white bread names. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I do like that Lonnie was Tommy's bully and now they're like best friends. Yeah. As as adults, which is pretty funny. I mean that's character growth, right? <laughs> Forty years, that's but, all it took. Like you do get these kind of nice moments with um, Allison and Lonnie because Lonnie is Cameron's dad. Yes. Um, and I love that he tells the story that we previously get with uh, Allison's dad about, like, the peyote. Uh, but he tells it differently. He tells it differently <laughs> because, like, because like, Ray, her dad, was like, oh, well, I bought peyote off of Lonnie. Yeah. And Lonnie said it the other way. Yeah. Like, no, I bought peyote off of Ray. I, God, <laughs> I, I think that's just so funny and such a, yeah. a nice little touch. But, like, you know, I, I, I like those moments, those, those brief moments of, like, oh, there's, like, an emotional beat to this. But I almost would have preferred it, like you said, of like, what if we just had Karen here rather yeah. than like her bickering with uh, Lori in the hospital and telling her not to touch the butcher's knife or, you know, not to rip her stitches because she has right. to go out on this fucking uh, revenge quest um, or even getting in the middle of the mob. Like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, so much of that balancing act was just lost on. And me. how did this mob get back to the hospital? I guess they gave up after like running around for maybe like two minutes and then they're at the hospital freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So there's this kind of like pivotal moment moment where they leave the bar and um the the nurse who's dressed like a doctor the the black guy goes to his car and he sees uh like who he thinks is michael in it and then that kind of incites the the mob and the guy drives off at a point in a kind of a you know well yeah it was the other escape patient from the the bus that michael was in in the original film and they all think he's michael yep because so, nobody knows what Michael looks like. Yep. So apparently. I don't know if he he drives off or he just kind of like waddles off, <laughs> like in his fucking. He little... ends up crashing the car and he waddles off. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then like he, he kind of looks like Danny DeVito's penguin, <laughs> <laughs> like escaping through. Yeah, like wiry yeah. hair and just kind of like squat. Right. Um, but so like half the mob ends up chasing him and then eventually ending up at the hospital, and then okay, the yeah. other half ends up in a in a park. And then like he he so the escape patient ends up at the hospital like looking for help and everyone's like is it michael i think that's michael and people like freak out and then tommy's like it's definitely michael without having set eyes on him for a town so traumatized by a man that is easily seven foot six you're fucking mistaking danny devito for michael myers listen what did what did agent k from the hit film men in black say what did he say, Daniel? He said, a person smart, but P 
people are dumb. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so people together are dumb. And they all freaked out. And it, it elicits this fucking hospital stampede that occurs for what feels like 40 minutes of the runtime. Like, we we literally have time to cut away to other Michael kills. Yeah. And other, other more shit, interesting stuff. And other setup <laughs> and a park scene while this stampede is still fucking happening. It's the most annoying shit because you're just like, dude. Like, you're making the, like, the, stop. Yeah. Like, it's too much. The, the fact that, like, Karen calls it out of, like, that's not Michael. And you have, yeah. like, all these other people just, like, I, I don't even know, like. Evil dies to lie. Yeah, chanting and just kind of getting into the kind of, um, what, what do you want to call it? The pandemonium just by osmosis. Pandemonium. When it could have been as easy as Karen or somebody fucking getting over the loudspeaker and being, like, that's not Michael Myers. You're chasing a mentally ill escaped convict. Rather than having doctors fucking knock people over and fucking Although we get beat a, people to death. I love when like a doctor like got fresh with Lori and Lori fucking just fucking need him in the yeah. goddamn she ripped open her stitches fucking hurting that doctor, but it was yeah. great. It was great. So like you have this thing that like is really going on for forty minutes, kind of interspersed with other planes of action, which like I don't think the the hospital scene at all ends in a good place i don't think the the message takeaway of like mob mentalities is bad really lands in an effective way because right after they go back to being a mob and tommy is like oh well i fucked up i misguided these people so now i have to redeem myself i'm the hero now which is a, a moment that i feel like six different people have where they feel like in that moment they have to play the hero and mm. save haddonfield and you know do justice to Laurie and the, and the other survivors. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It it needed to be (laughs) reined in in certain ways where I just think it just got a little too, just, there's just too much fat in this film for a movie. That's only an hour 45. Like there's just like way too much character fat, which is surprising to say. Yeah. Character fat, character work. (laughs) Yeah. And weirdness. I think you could have really had something with Tommy and Karen finally like uniting and like her being like the, again, she was great as a voice of reason and being able to be like, okay, well I'm still going to use this fucking like this pit bull of a man Mm -hmm. to go after this motherfucker who's trying to go like who's hurt my family. Could have been a cool team up. Could have been a great team up. And we don't, we only get a little bit of that, which is sad. But what we do get is these people chasing this convict is, is suicide, which is like, yeah, he jumped off the fucking hospital uh, building after Karen tries to protect him yeah. and his head splatters like a pumpkin and we get 15 different cuts of this man's open head. Is it really that many? I thought it was only the one. I feel like we got like several yeah. cuts of this man's <laughs> head just like <laughs> and it was like oh wow well this is terrible. Yeah and then Smashing Pumpkins Tonight Tonight started playing. <laughs> <laughs> but the Carpenter theme yeah. version of it. Um, so that all aside, right, we'll have a pickup point after that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happens simultaneously that really fucking, like, lands for me, right? You have these fucking kids dressed up like uh, the, the witch. The the characters from... I'm going to have you work your way through this. The characters of Season of the Witch. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. it's a witch... It's, it's a ghost. It's that the children from... Se- have you seen Season of the I Witch? I haven't, no. Oh. So we got to watch it together. No! Oh! Three more days to Halloween, Halloween, he did the Halloween, last three more days to Halloween, <laughs> Silver Shamrock. That's your dad's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, my dad, like, he would sing that every Halloween. He was like, oh, I love Halloween 3. It's the one with, it doesn't have that prissy Michael in it. They, <laughs> every time. They're playing it at Central Cinema sometime this month, which I don't think we're going to get to do. So we should just no, take a night and just watch like it a together. Thursday. Yeah. yeah we Halloween. work Thursdays. I always work Thursdays. I work we're for the man. That. I want to work for Michael. 
What? He seems like an honest working man. Better have the right butchers. Um, so yeah, you have these kids that are dressed up playing homage to you know season of the witch, which I, I like. I like those little like nods and homages to like what is basically like a continued love letter. Found out it's for the homage. Franchise. Homage? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these kids, they play a prank. They think, "Ooh, we're gonna do the trick or treat part of trick, like the trick part of trick or treat." All to the old Myers house, huh? and they go to the old Myers house where we have fucking Big John and Little John, who are two of my fucking favorite characters in Halloween. Period. Yeah, dude. And... So, so Big John is what's his name? I think it's Shane MacArthur. Actually, I have the cast list right here, but I know Little John is played by Michael McDonald of yeah. Mad TV fame. Yeah, who did like that Stewie bit from uh mad tv he certainly yeah. did and then the other guy is from breaking bad's el camino right he was he was the uh the guy that uh that chained created, up jesse yeah chained yeah. up jesse thank you so much oh, i got you man i got you <laughs> i appreciate but it. their their pairing is is brilliant because they're they're a gay couple and they're just they're feeling themselves on halloween Scott Big, MacArthur. Big John is like, I'm going to smoke weed in my lavish silk robe, um, robe and I'm going to listen to fucking Halloween music and I'm going to get litty and I'm going to dance. Yeah, it's, just, it's so such a funny fun, scene. Because like th- what I loved about like the first movie in terms of the comedy is when I could tell that like Danny McBride wrote the scene and this feels like one of those Danny McBride scenes where it's Some like... people really hate the comedy parts of these films. Like people like are distracted. Like remember the the fucking uh, Vietnamese sandwich talk conversation yeah. between the two cops. People are like, "Oh, this dialogue's awful." I was like, "This is fucking great. I love this." I would this rather funny. get this trio's version of comedy than most comedy that horror movies try and give, where it's like, "Oh, we got to have horror and comedy together because that's how you release the tension. And you got to make it fun." And it's like, "Well, no." It doesn't always work. Like when Eli Roth cameos in Cabin Fever and he shows up and goes, face! Yeah, exactly. Some great that comedy right there, so baby. so fucking unnecessary. <laughs> Whereas this, it's like, oh, it's just fun, lighthearted comedy, like amidst a slasher movie. And I think it's, yeah. it's brilliant. But they get tricked by these kids who are like, oh, what if we did this plan where we pretended that one of them got a, a razor blade in their apple and they fucking... Yeah, that out. was fucking crazy. And they basically sneak into the house... Which is also fucked up. They performed yeah. B&E in Halloween night and stole all yeah. the candy, right? Yep. And then, then these dudes were like, well, we're not going to hurt these kids, but we're going to tell them a crazy story yeah. about Michael Myers. And how this is his house. Because like, you don't really know that that's his house until that point. And yeah. it's kind of brilliant the way they set that up. So here on out, every time these two are in a scene together, I fucking, I'm alive. I'm, I'm living my best life. I'm, I'm fucking feeling for these characters. And when they eventually die, it, it definitely broke my heart a little bit. It broke my heart too. <laughs> Yeah. It broke my heart too, and they. But it, so this is an example, though. Like while I love them, yeah. There's a line that Michael McDonald's has has that kills me. Like after after a really brutal fucking kill where uh, Big John gets his eyes gouged out, and you see an eyeball to go whoop like yeah. right out of his face, <laughs> like no cutaway, just the eyeball goes whoop. It's fucking horrible, by the way. Uh, little John comes in and goes, Michael. You've come home. That's a little too on the nose. There's all these lines of just pure (laughs) melodrama in the film. Like, Laurie has this entire fucking monologue at the end of the film where she's like, Michael's more than a man. He's he's the fear of Haddonfield. He's a curse. He becomes more powerful the more he kills. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, literally, your dude across the way, who, by the way, they had like a little flirting scene happen, which I found uh, him... Uh, Hawkins and Laurie, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Oh, you always had uh, eyes for Ben Schramer. Yeah, but I always wanted to eat your pussy, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to 
to spread you like a fucking pumpkin. And Laurie was just like, this pussy was hungry. <laughs> like, it was a really funny scene. Yeah. But he's just like, no, Michael doesn't care about you. He's just a fucking, he's a little boy animal mind, right? <laughs> and she's like, no, he's the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Come back to haunt us. And it's like, these scenes of melodrama i'm just like no they they, they kind of hurt what i thought was really cool about halloween 2018 where we're just like let's ground this mm-hmm. michael's not a part of a cult he's not some uber psychopath mm-hmm. he's not superhuman in any sort of way but then the movie actually leans into that yeah like how did we get from grounded to this because we needed an escalation point because we needed to prove that michael really is unstoppable right like, I, like, I get, there's a point where, like, you have to suspend your disbelief that, like, he is a man and that, like, you know, him getting stabbed and beat down, like, you know, wouldn't kill him. I mean, he got shot in the neck <laughs> yeah. in the first film and, like, his back and just going, like, ah, I'm good. Roll door, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we lead to this 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 final conflict, I guess you could say, where Karen teams up with Tommy. They go after Michael. In parallel, Allison and her boyfriend, Cameron, who they're not going to talk about his cheating, right? Because no. he definitely was making out with the cat girl. Oh, yeah. I like, though, that they kind of put that on pause because, like, yeah. Allison's like, you know what? My dad just died. Oh, There's yeah, more yeah. serious shit going on right now. We'll address the fact that you you cucked me with a cat lady. You know, While wearing a dress. Point. Yeah, we'll wear a dress some other night. And then you put my phone in, like, fondue. That was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fucked <laughs> so, up, right? Yeah, we'll get to that later, but, you know. Because I don't back up my phone often, so, like, I would lose a lot of stuff if you did that to me. That's fucked up. Yeah, it was 2018, so I don't know if people are as privy to, like, backing stuff up to the cloud. I don't know. Yeah. Google owned us then too. Yeah, sure. But yeah, they, they go to the they go to the, what, the Myers house. He's there. Um Cameron's dad dies off screen basically, but we get to see his, his fucking little floppy did, body. Come did you out like the, that? That he got killed off screen? Yeah. Uh no. Yeah, for as much as he's in the movie and being like one of the spearheads of this mob, like to get an off-screen kill felt kind of like limp dick. It did, but at the same time, <laughs> we already got four scenes of where like somebody would be like, "I think Michael's in the house," and then they very slowly, methodically search the house for these like long, drawn-out yeah. scenes where eventually it's like, "Yeah, he's gonna burst out of a closet." Well, <laughs> it's one thing when we get it with Big John and Little John, and they're being cute and fun, and you're like Big John little john and playing like like marco like polo that. with each other but another thing yeah where they're like going back through the dark house and it's the movie like, does it like four times we already though. got it's, that it's, 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 like, it's a bit much but right? so many movies do that like you yeah. know there's always going to be a final act where the lead protagonists are like skulking through a house looking for the killer but right. they get found first which is fine for <laughs> a movie that didn't start with the main villain killing 14 firemen <laughs> number increases every time we mention the <laughs> you know, firefighters basically michael was batman from arkham asylum fucking doing his counter attacks <laughs> like and bobs and weaves and shit yeah he got he got full combo on that shit perfect combo yeah. it's crazy so, so he kills the 17 firefighters that was fucking magnificent and yeah. like like all he... 28 of haddonfield's <laughs> firefighters died that night <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough to ride the high of such like a kinetic like kill scene where he's juking and being like awesome, and then like what if we had Michael like slowly stalk through the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pushes again. Yeah, but like I, I know I'm skipping ahead because we didn't really talk about the park scene too much, which like I think we're both kind of half and half on because it's like a little like he just terrorizes all of our like former characters, our drinking buddies. Yeah, inside of a car, like these tertiary characters that like what it's Kyle Richards yeah. and then the 
other girl that it's the nurse and then it's the and then it's the the, so the old nurse retired nurse and then the new nurse and doctor characters right it's very confusing everyone's all medical involved but um there are some brutal kills in that scene though like where the nurse accidentally shoots herself because michael like knocks the car door into her hand and then also one of my favorite uh, movie cinema tricks that i learned from watching uh uh, the movies that made us on Netflix. They're mm-hmm. talking about the original Halloween. There's a scene where Michael just like literally open palms, smacks a window and breaks a glass. Mm-hmm. The way they did that was by tying a wrench to the actor's wrist. They did the exact same thing in this film. Hmm. Like they just hit her, hit a fucking wrench underneath his like cuff and he smacked the window, breaking it. I think that's it's really a cool. clever little homage. Like it's really fucking cool. Cinema magic. I love that. Very dangerous yeah. though. <laughs> Like that, that could fucking cut your hand open if you go too far in. Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Anyway. Yeah, no, that's true. There, I mean, there's some cool visual shots in the park. Like the three kids are hung up on like a fucking on the swing set, just dangling in the night. Yeah, which that's is like that's grisly. More like, kid killings, huh? Michael kills kids. Confirmed. Yeah. He strangled a <laughs> tiny dancer from the original film. Dad, I just got to dance. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and now he's strangling the fucking season of the witches. Damn, but he, but he couldn't get Julian. Julian's fucking running through the night. He made it on the. I news. like that we got a follow up on <laughs> Julian. He's just like, oh, he killed my number one best babysitter. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, like, when when we do get that scene with Julian, it's in the bar, and one of the characters comments like, "Oh, it's the fucking kid Julian from down the street." Like, it's the just... exact line is, "It's that little asshole kid from across the street." <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You know, like the, the the park scene is is cool. It did get the the thing that I predicted, where like I was like, oh, somebody's probably gonna accidentally kill themselves, which I was like, yes, cool, yeah, Check that off my fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. like, uh, what my bingo sheet for Halloween, which was fun. And then the only thing that kind of like I'm unsure about is like the younger. Well, she was the other girl that, with the that was babysat that night, right? Um, Kyle Richards. Oh, that is Kyle Richards? Okay. Yeah. Old nurse, I forget her name, but Kyle oh. Richards plays the, she was a young girl. Okay, so I constantly mix them up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kyle Richards just gets away and we don't she really just runs. ever catch up with her. She just hides. Yeah. And she's alive. Mm-hmm. She survived. I think she shows up at the hospital again. Okay. At a certain point. why not? Yeah, because why not, right? Yeah. So apparently, yeah, she, she'll, she'll be fine. And thus proving that, like, you could just run away from Michael. You can just run away from Michael. You don't have to have a standoff. You don't have to fucking get old Huckleberry. You can just run away from Michael. Yeah. You don't have to go search the upstairs. <laughs> you can just run away from Michael. You go to the next town over. And just like an animal, he'll be like, okay, I guess they're gone. <laughs> well, like so often, like he switches trajectory too because like people get in his way and he's very like animalistic in that of like, yeah, he's oh, like, well, I'm going to kill this guy. You try to stop me? Well, I'm going to kill you. What was my purpose? Where was I even going? I don't know. Yeah, he just like <laughs> took a moment. He was like, ah, I lost that chick. Okay. And then he just moseys on because you know what? He doesn't hold grudges. That's the thing about this Michael. He he's not the shark from Jaws that came back to kill the rest of the Brodies in the sequels. <laughs> like he's just like, I forgot who you were. Whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna walk I'm gonna walk away, right? But yeah, we, we get to our, our final conflict in the Myers house, right? Mm-hmm. Where Allison is trying to do the, the Lori role, but she ends up like, well, one, Cameron gets fucking brutalized within an inch of his life. They break his neck like seventeen times. I think he breaks his spine. I think yeah. spinal fluid's dripping out of his mouth and shit. Yeah, between two like kind of banister poles. Right. In the staircase. And then Allison tries to draw him away from him. But like, you know, Michael's just like, oh, excuse me for one second. Let me finish my food. And fucking like 360 turns this guy's head around his yeah. neck. This is like, it's such a devastating kill. This is after like he like pushed her down the stairs and she fucking like tumble salted a hundred times and broke her leg. Yeah, like shatters her leg, by the way. It's a nasty scene of her leg yeah. just like so she's exploding. screaming she's watching cameron get killed and it's like a very like kind of gut-wrenching scene yeah it's fucked up um, right 
Yeah, no, I, I found that payoff kind of kind of gratifying. But here comes Karen to with, save the day. With a rake or a pitchfork? She had a pitchfork. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it was a decoration that Big John and Little John had outside of a scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. them. I, I guess them. it was a real pitchfork, This though. podcast is dedicated to them. Big John and Little John, our memories are with you. We love you. Uh, I love that they were tastefully strewn about. Uh, with like the like Michael saw a photo of them in love, and he put their bodies in the same position. Yeah, he's but a, reversed their roles. He's a sentimental killer. He, you yeah. know, sometimes I, he's creative, and sometimes he's just like, oh, I'm gonna poke your eyeballs out. Yeah, and I can't tell if it's because it's still that child trapped within this monster that is like kind of trying to do childlike wondrous things. Maybe, you know? but know. but we get a, like a kind of like a a bigger moment. That's like a resuscitation of the moment that Karen tricks him in in the original film. Mm-hmm. The whole gotcha moment. Like she actually goes like, oh, by the way, here's the mob. And all the townsfolk are there. Yeah. They, they Actually, she takes away his mask after pitchforking him, right? Yeah. And he's like, if you want your mask, come and get it. Yeah. And he's walking around with his old man head, right? <laughs> Looking like a swollen apple. And... <laughs> like that actually that was a good kind of like that way was great to get him from point to point because like otherwise he's just gonna go back to killing fucking allison right <laughs> and so he knows that he's surrounded by all these fuckers they got guns they got knives they got pitchforks they got all sorts of shit yeah. right and nick pointed this out to me because he watched the movie and he was like did you notice that like he when it with his mask being down on the ground like he didn't panic he didn't freak out he didn't do that thing of like oh you took away my safety blanket he was just like no let me calmly grab my mask put it on because i'm going to work yeah and resume business which is scarier than him just being like i can't function without my mask we don't really ever get a moment where he freaks out though in these because movies. it doesn't matter yeah. it's just it's just something he likes to put on like it literally is just like hang on this is my killing mask it's not like oh i need he's not like leatherface where he's freaking out if he take it off and I really like that about him. He's just like, no, 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 no. This is more of a aesthetics. And then he puts it back on. <laughs> Do you think there's like a power to it or something that calls to him about it specifically? Rob Zombie tried to make it like that was his thing. That yeah. he was all about like hiding his face and mask. But like for him, no, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. it's just his killing mask. <laughs> I think yeah. that just like the, he has his looking his looking window, he has yeah. his killing mask, dude. And his killing win- uh, his killing weapon. He always has to have the knife. Right, it has to be so. the right size and the right like has a right swing to it. So talk to me about the scene because yeah. you know when he fought the thirty seven firefighters, like I think the dynamic of him fighting like these trained people really worked well. But I didn't really love the some of the shots and framing of like the mob like coming down on him. So like um, originally it was really cool when they got the upper hand on him. Yeah, like when they're when they're beating him down, right? Yeah. Except for the cat guy. <laughs> cat guy got his wrist cut immediately. Yeah. He had a gun and he got his wrist cut. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah. So like when they're beating him down, it's totally fine. But then after when he's like kind of just like I think Hawkins is like doing a speech in the background somewhere that's like superimposed on the scene yeah he's he's having his speech and then like laurie starts to have her speech again the melodrama is like really unneeded like it's just distracting honestly but um like he's down for good and karen's just like well thanks for this and she takes his knife and fucking stabs him right in the back and it's like you think that oh shit that's kind of fine all right i don't know like it's the year's 2018 right these people aren't fucking idiots they've had other horror movies and other situations that they've experienced with Michael himself to think, I I hope at least to think that maybe we should do more than just stab him in the back and beat him with fucking old Huckleberry. Maybe we should decapitate him. Maybe we should separate his limbs and bury him in 17 different boxes across the States. Take his head off. 
Right. But that's where the evil is stored. Right. It's not just in his fucking right hand. All those hand. machinations are stored right behind <laughs> so, that William Shatner I just, mask. Like, yeah, you're right about you know, that. I don't know. I learned a lot from Scream. We wouldn't get a sequel, though. That's the, that's the problem. And if we did, it'd be fucked up. Apparently Double Tap doesn't exist in the Halloween universe, no. right? <laughs> no. Like, first of all, you put a fucking pitchfork in his back and then thought to, like, I'm going to pull it out? That That's really hard to deal with, yeah. <laughs> right? If you're like, oh, fuck, it's in my back. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't live like that. Or maybe make sure it goes through the other side of Michael. It's really hard through to get him. up. Yeah, or so it hard. I don't know anything. Literally anything. Kill the evil but, for good. But this is where like Laurie was like having her little monologue about how like you know I I used to think that he was just a man, but I think Loomis is right. He's he's more than a man, and the more he kills, like the more he survives, or some shit like that. Some some weird fucking thing. And then like we get this moment where Michael fucking springs up like goddamn Dracula out of a coffin and starts fucking just absolutely owning this crowd just ultra murdering but we get these weird shots where it's like obviously on a sound stage with no background instead mm-hmm. of being on the street and like it's not like it's supposed to be artful but i'm just like yeah, the camera oh. drags in a certain way where it's like ah oh. it's like yeah very like slow motion. slow motion like stab it and like, such okay you can't show these people getting like murderized yeah. or are you just trying to be dramatic about it i don't know it was just being oddly dramatic i i wish that it kept it in the reality of it like like oh he's let me get the upper hand whatever the thing is like we don't have any other scenes that are shot like that so it's just such yeah, it's a, a weird, weird thing it's a weird you know? mo- yeah it's a weird like visual thing to mess with but uh, Karen thinks everything's cool because she goes to comfort Allison back at the Myers home. And that's the moment you're talking about where she looks up at the window and goes like, oh, fuck, I'm seeing a little clown boy up mm-hmm. there. And she's like, let me go investigate his room for some reason. Nah, that's not my bias. That's not my interest. I don't want to be in that house. I don't want to be in there at all. Mm-hmm. Just, let's get in the cop car or something like that, right? But she goes up there and lo and behold, Michael Myers whew, right behind her, right? Kills her kills karen did you see this coming i saw that maybe somebody was gonna get killed i thought it was gonna be more so allison oh no way but i didn't think it would be karen you can't break somebody's leg and then kill him oh you sure can <laughs> no you sure can buddy. because like i i think they are really <laughs> setting her up to be like again the main protagonist for halloween ends and like i like that i idea. disagree you, you disagree? I think Laurie's going to be the main protagonist well, oh, of Halloween oh, Kills. Oh, for sure. Allison's not the one that's going to be killing Michael. Not at all. No. I think she's going to play a big part in it, and she's going to survive Laurie. I think there might be a big chance where she might be, like, crippled by her injury in Halloween Ends. Where she's not just, like, back and, like, running and able to, like... I mean... Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get into that part, because, like, Halloween Ends, what, takes place four years later in present time. Four years so it's later. it's supposed to be set in 2020. Or 2022, rather. So Halloween, 44 years later. <laughs> like, a broken bone can heal in four years. It could, but yeah, if it shatters it... in your fucking leg. Physical therapy. Oh, we're all going to be Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight Rises Fuck and it. just fucking... Put on that fucking, like, on his, mechanized his tight brace. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, almost, like, fucking, what, 65? She was fucking gutted. But imagine if so they she's going to be as limber. Would you be like, oh, fuck, I guess Allison's not the... <laughs> you know? I think she's going to be a major player. I do hope it is them coming together to take okay. down Michael together. Right. And obviously there's going to be this big standoff of, like, these two titans, you know? Lori and Michael finally duking it out in a way. But like, I, I think it's going to be, it has to be both of them doing it. And only one of them survives. Okay. Yeah. She kind of like rears herself up to say that like, I'm going to kill Michael even if it kills me. Yeah. Like she thinks that's the only way to take out Michael. Yeah. She's like, well, if 
I exist, he exists, so, like, we can't exist simultaneously. Like, I have to kill myself sure. and kill him at the same time. So, yeah, it's it's weird. It reminds me of that scene from fucking, like, Alien 3, where, like, Ripley, like, decides, like, I'm gonna fucking jump into this, like, melting pot. To, melting to kill, pot. To kill myself and the alien. It's a furnace. <laughs> Whatever. It's definitely a furnace. Um, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't particularly see, like, that kill coming that way and i actually didn't really love it i didn't love it either because i was just like i liked karen although like i didn't necessarily felt like i had enough time with her in the sequel to like be like oh this is a really fucked up moment it was just kind of like oh (laughs) you know it was just like oh okay it almost spoke of like okay judy greer probably didn't want to be in halloween ends and also how do we give both Lori? well that's untrue she actually really loved working with everybody there oh okay yeah she um, she really calls uh, DGG a actor's director. Oh. You know that one scene with um, Allison in the car where they're driving around and Lonnie's telling his story about her dad? Yeah. They actually just like, they actually drove around in the streets mm-hmm. and apparently the director just let him like drive for a while going like, yeah, just keep on redoing the scene as many times as you yeah. want to let them find that right emotion because hmm. he's a very actor driven director. He's like, no, 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 no. Find, find the moment for yeah. this, right? Like, he's not a mechanical director that's just like, I mean, do these things. He comes from, like, the school of comedy, so I'm not surprised that he, like, has this kind of, like, will to let them be a little bit improvisational and find their groove, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, okay, well, I didn't know that. But just, just the way the kill happens, it just feels so last minute and almost like, oh, like, Judy Gurr didn't want to be a part of it. She was heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah, was, she was, was heartbroken about that because she was like, well, like, the whole cast is like a family to me. Yeah. And, like, well, yeah. So maybe that's they'll bring her back in a flashback. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember 2018? <laughs> but so I think that that moment obviously serves to get both, you know, Allison and Lori like pissed, right? Like we lost fucking Ray. We lost Karen. We got to stop Michael. You know, he, he killed fucking Lonnie, you know? But where does he go for four years? Is he licking his wounds somewhere? Is he hiding out? Like what happens? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. So do like, we even are we even in Haddonfield for the sequel? Is he killing across America? Is he killing across America? Yeah, you know? Hmm. Although I think I heard it is still in Haddonfield in the sequel. Yeah, I mean, to Haddonfield, he always comes home, right? Like He always comes. I hope they destroy the house in that movie. Oh, like stop treating it like that's the fucking Amityville horror house that needs to exist as like a fucking historical landmark. Oh, but his looking windows in there. Destroy it, burn it, (laughs) and cut his head off. That's a good looking window, bro. You can't be wrecking windows left and right. So the thing is like between 78 and 2018, he is, you know, institutionalized. He's in asylum, right? He is, you know, not going anywhere, right? In all the other movies, right, like, you know, what what is he doing? He, is he just ambling around? Is he getting arrested in between, like, you know, two to four to, like, curse at Michael Myers? Or, like, what's happening with him? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, so between part two and part four, well, part two ends with, like, oh, he's definitely dead. Yeah. He exploded in a fire. John Carpenter finally killed the shape. Uh-huh. And then part four is, like, actually... We put out the fire in time and he's been in a uh, institution for like 10 years, mm-hmm. right? And then he finds out that he has a niece and freaks the fuck out and stick his, sticks his thumb through a paramedic's skull. That actually happens. I don't know why he's able to do that, but he does it. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, between four and five, he, well, he was blown apart with a bunch of redneck shotguns okay. and thrown into a grave. But it turns out he actually, that grave was connected to a river or something. So a lot and then of them, a hermit healed him for a year. A lot of them end with him dying. Yeah. I forget what happens between five and six. 
And then um, seven technically just like undoes three, four, five, six. Okay. H2O resets it to where, where was he between H2O? Where was he for 20 years? <laughs> right? Like, what? what is he doing? Oh, yeah, I don't remember what he was doing for 20 because, years. Because, like, if the thing is, like, if he's always trying to go home, what's his motivation to do anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, fucking Allison is going to catch up and realize her mom's dead, right? And at that point, it's obvious that, like, Michael's just kind of have, like, gotten away. But, like, where the fuck does he go? Is he just going to sightsee? Is he going to see America? Yeah. Is he so fueled by the need to kill and be evil incarnate that he's just going to keep killing? It, 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 they you can't know? have it where they capture him again and he's just been in prison for four years. Yeah, it would just feel like yeah. very... Um, it'd feel anticlimactic just right. to have him escape from another prison again. Right. Although I had that idea where like, I thought a cleaner way to do Halloween uh, 2018 instead of having the, the doctor character with his magical pen knife... And his um, affinity for podcasters. Sartain. Sartain. He was the like... The worst MacGuffin plot device there ever was. Let me get these murderinos in here. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, what if it was Lori that let out Michael? Because she's like, I need to finally have mm. reconciliation. I need to have that kind of um, closure. And she accidentally lets him out on his killing path. And so she feels doubly mm. uh, responsible for Michael in that way. And I think that might have been actually a cleaner but more painful way of going about it we're just like wow your trauma really fucked you up right but i guess like you 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 start losing the hero aspect of her but i would love that i would love if it was also her fucking mistake letting michael out again right yeah i think i like that a bit more than Mm -hmm. sartain just being fucking batshit crazy yeah and wanting to see them fight and very mcguffany yeah it it, because otherwise it's just like well how do you get michael from point a to point b you really don't you know? right yeah you um, really really don't right so i don't know it's interesting um they could really do anything with it i mean it would be interesting to see fucking like him be a part of like a nationwide manhunt where like they know he's out there but like he's just fucking like chilling somewhere you know <laughs> look for a new mask looking for a new mask looking for a better knife looking for a better jumpsuit even. what if he was like in a trench coat oh in leather pants that'd be pretty cool that almost happened in halloween four a lot of things have happened in a lot of Halloween movies. Wanted to so give him I'm a trench surprised. coat. They gave Freddy a trench coat in New Nightmare. <laughs> like he's just like a guy in a big old trench coat, and he doesn't crack jokes. Hmm. He's evil. So you were telling me at the end of this movie, there's kind of an extended cut. So the Blu-ray release is going to have the extended ending, but yeah. uh, uh, DG Square took it out because he thought that like it would mislead audiences to thinking what ends is about, since there is such a huge time jump, but. Essentially, Karen is calls up Laurie while she's chilling in Judith's room. Cool, cool place to just kind of do a check-in. Yeah. And uh, Michael comes in and kills her, and the phone drops, and Michael picks up the phone and starts, like, doing his Michael breathing sure. into it, right? And Laurie figures out, like, oh, my God, he killed Karen. He's still alive. And and he's ba- and she's basically like, I'm going to fucking get you, motherfucker. And she picks up the fucking knife and, like, looks like she's about to go. But then it's like... Well, the next movie doesn't take place the same night, so it's like it's not very nice, like clean intro into what actually happens. It's more of like yeah. the idea. So they took it out. Okay. Yeah. That's that's all they extended. Literally the rest is the same apparently. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I guess it's just like a fun little teaser. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. Um, so we're so we're back to again, I like this movie. I do. I think it's still well filmed, well shot, and in comparison to all the other Halloween movies, it's still mm-hmm. one of the best Halloweens. It's not better than 2018. That's it. That's really what the mob thing doesn't work out. Some of the editing doesn't work. And the fact that it kind of um, 
places a lot of focus on the fun fun kills instead of like really making us care about the characters i think in comparison to the original is a mistake but it still makes for an entertaining fucking halloween movie yeah so can't get mad there and i will be picking it up on blu-rays so they have a whole collection over there in my 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 bd kevin's <laughs> oh your bd kevin's you're trying to get on the DB my bd kevin's dude branding my bd kevin's okay all right. the more i say it the more i believe in it i'll give you well they're in four kevin it's 4K. Not all of them. HD 4 Kevin. Not, not all of them are 4K. So are we doing closing thoughts here? Some is that what this some is? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, the one thing we didn't say about ends that I think is interesting, we've had conversations about, is that it's set kind of like in the amid, the midst of COVID, essentially. Yeah, that's true. Which, like, I am kind of 50-50 on how I would like to see them tackle that, right? Um, hopefully they do it tastefully and they don't go the Michael Bay songbird approach of being, like, yeah. very overt and stupid about it. Um, but I, you know, I trust David Gordon Green and crew to kind of, you know, do things like kind of have it be like part of the background without being so much in the forefront. Um, yeah, Yeah. I think, I think it's just context where it's like, well, again, that's another, like that these Halloween films are still taking place in our reality, basically Mm -hmm. not an exaggerated version of it. So I think it's just honest to the setting that like, yeah, COVID happened. This community was already rocked by a trauma and now they're in isolation. Maybe they've been hiding out since Michael, Mm -hmm. who knows? That so they're they're used to the idea of quarantining. Yeah, that's actually an interesting thought of like maybe people are isolating, quarantining. That he's probably killing and people aren't noticing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do some cool horror movies in COVID for sure. Hmm. For okay. sure. Well, we'll see what that is. But yeah, um, closing thoughts here. I like I said before, I thought it was entertaining. Um, it wasn't. I was never bored. Uh, yeah, I was never bored, and there are parts that I definitely would rather t- rewatch than OG. You know, Halloween. Sorry, Carpenter. I just like, you know, for as classic... He still gets paid. Yeah, as classic of a movie as that as as it was, like, you know, I do love uh, the tense moments, these kind of slow panning shots. But, like, I, I find the original Halloween to kind of be boring at times, where I'm just, like, watching, you know, Laurie be in high school or watch her be a babysitter. And it's just... It's not always riveting. Sure. Um, and it's... I like to see that... It's old as fuck. Yeah, and it, it's dated. You know? <laughs> and they made it for, like, $3. Yeah. And, like, they did a bang-up job on it. Like, it's fucking iconic. And it, it looks like know, $300. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and it spawned fucking 40 years of not just Halloween movies, but 40 years of slashers. So, like, I give toys. credit to the legacy. And yeah. little Michael. <laughs> little Michael, he's not glib. So, I think it's, like, a supremely entertaining movie. I just... There are parts of it that I definitely want to rewatch sure. and then parts that i know that i will be on my phone on when i'm rewatching it um <laughs> like that opening part any the of the hospital flashbacks, the hospital scene a lot yeah. of the flashbacks um yeah i i think he's filmed it, really well you gotta give it that no like so really like it, it is a, a continuity of his his prowess as like a filmmaker and like cinematographer like there are some like really great shots some some good framing for like you know these characters in, in these spaces really haunting michael shots too. yeah and like they they frame him in a way where it's like oh you actually do feel like he is terror he is evil incarnate um he is getting more powerful with each kill which is like obviously not something that the first movie did because that wasn't the point of it no whereas like this movie is like well we're gonna lean into that concept because hawkins said it out loud you know or, or somebody said it out loud <laughs> no damn it it was laurie laurie said, said it and hawkins is like he doesn't give a shit he's a little boy he's a little idiot yeah <laughs> yeah that thing too I, I love that that gets called out of like you know laurie it's not always about you yeah and, and in this case like he is literally just a killing machine and you happen to just get in his way twice yep um so like i i like his vision i you know Halloween ends 
it could be anything at this point. Um, we'll, we're going to see what it is next year. But I am. I can't wait. I am interested to see like what the closure of this quadrilogy looks like. You know. Um, quadrilogy. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind getting all four of them together on on Blu-ray when that. BD Kevin. BD Kevin. Nice. I, I can't really, there's not really much else to say that I haven't said about it, right? Like, it does have a lot of bloat. They could have used a second pass on editing. Um, amazing for a movie that's only an hour 45. It's amazing to me. I, I, how do you make an hour and 45 minute feel like two hours? Feel it like, felt like 2.30. Like, it just... It was crazy. Because, yeah, there's times where I'm just like, this is going long. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I appreciate him trying to do, like, new things for the franchise, right? Sure. While also kind of, like, tipping his hat to, like, stuff that, like, you know made michael fundamental but like you could have just cut some of the scenes you could have cut some of the characters there's just too many characters too many characters i I, you know i think it's more about like less like the editing room couldn't save the fact that i think the focus should have been on yeah like tommy and karen mainly because they're like the closest things that we had to protagonists in the movie because the movie ends up not feeling like it has a protagonist anymore right it just feels like here's a documentary about haddonfield you know like we don't have main characters like in a way that like works for me as much as like Laurie did in the original. I think this one it's easy to say that like Michael's the protagonist. Yeah, and but... that is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so we're rooting for him. We want to see him kill. We want to you know fucking shovel popcorn down our throat and like see the next creative like brutality that's gonna it's happen. Stuck in my throat. Oh, he's like eating popcorn. What about caramel corn? You like caramel corn? I like caramel corn. Same problem. They yeah, got those like harder. weird like yeah. the you know what do you call them? Those Kernels. Little... The rivulets. <laughs> um, so some sticking points and highlights that I can't shout out enough. You know, good cinematography, amazing kills. I thought the script was was funny, thoughtful. I didn't think all of the intentions of the script and character work worked for me. No. Um, the music, top notch. Like, I really, I think Carpenter is in top form here with his, his fucking son and, and crew. And, you know, whether it's the fucking wong guitar or like the, you Wong's know, awesome. vision, like Halloween theme. Like, you know, it just shows them in top form. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was, it was a fun time, you know, Great <laughs> that, movie. that's all I can say about it. Great movie. You're yeah. right. <laughs> Landed it. What about you? Any closing thoughts? Uh, I think, I think I've hit most of okay. everything. Honestly, I don't really need to kind of go they back to the drawing board. Paul Rudd back. I don't know though. Like if, if it was the same written character, I think Paul Rudd would have been awful for this role. You think so? Why? Because he's like too funny. Yeah. He's too funny to be like, I'm going to be bare knuckle hard ass. Fuck that. Paul Rudd can't be that. I don't know, like, it's... No, I do know. No, not even that be. fucking Netflix show doesn't show me that he can fucking, like, handle serious well Living enough. with yourself shows that he can play, like, a serious Looking role. at his face makes me laugh, even <laughs> if, he, if it's something serious. I don't think he could do... Yeah, he does Halloween. make me feel a little warm in a good way. Paul yeah. Ryan. Okay. Come on, man. It would have been nice, though. Or yeah, just have, nice. like, a cameo character. Yeah, but it would have just, like, <laughs> laughed. I would have laughed. He's a laughable guy. I don't know. He can't help it. It wouldn't have made me laugh any more than fucking backflip and rhyme and Buster Rhymes and fucking H two O. Like that would've been that would have been great if you brought him back, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> like it he wouldn't comes back. Um yeah, so that that's Halloween Kills. That's um, Halloween Kills. It'll be out, out in theaters. If it, uh, if it kills it at the, the box office, but you know. Good one, dude. Thanks, dude. Tried. Um, we didn't do the intro talk at the front because we never do it with these review episodes. Um, we are the saver. Like doing the intro. What? I just don't like doing it. I know. It is what it is, man. I let you be you. I let you just don't like just it. feel the room and feel yourself. Just let me feel it. That's man. how we get these crazy intros where you talk about nine eleven or you know, right? Whatever you do, yeah. and I support you. Michael would have stopped those flights. <laughs> We are The Save Room. You can find us over at soundcloud.com slash The Save Room Show. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, 
Stitcher, wherever the fuck. You can find us at an old radio coming out of Haddonfield, Illinois, maybe. But he was, he was stuck in Smith's Grove in 2001, so he couldn't have been near it at all. <laughs> what if Sartain let him out? He's like, this will be Michael's one redeeming moment. And then they, he puts it. Halloween, down. the war on terror. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Twitch. Kevin over at twitch.tv slash TheRedHerb. He's been streaming a lot of spooky stuff. He did Resident Evil 4. He did Resident Evil Revelations. He did Alan yeah. Wake. He's doing Fear. Fear 2. This week. So check that out. The sequel. Because I can't get Fear 1 running on my fucking computer. Hmm. But Fear 2 works perfectly. Do you so. have an idea for like what your Halloween night stream is going to be? Because I know you always want to stream on Halloween. Halloween night? I mean, yeah. it's a Sunday. That's so it's a, never stopped you before. No, no, no. It's a Sunday, so I'm going to be streaming the day. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, probably going to go to OG Resident Evil. I'm going nice. to do Resident Evil, The Mansion Incident, uh, the remake. Very cool. Mansion Incident remake. And <laughs> uh, yeah, do the whole game in one sitting. Because that's like... You've gotten pro at it. Yeah, I could do it in one sitting. <laughs> so, Very nice. Um, and I'll forget you... the fucking bird puzzle for sure. That always that one's always me. weird. With like the colored like windows. I always forget the answer to it. I should just look it up beforehand. Hmm. You should. And you can find me over at twitch.tv Dungeons and Daniels sometimes. Most times. Hmm. I don't know when anymore. I'm going to stop setting the expectation that I will be live on a certain day. Because like the only day I'm really going to go live is Mondays. Um, yeah. There's some Mondays where I just land and I just want to chill. It's true. You know? Like true. this Monday I could have streamed... This past Monday, rather, I could have streamed like Life is Strange True Colors. Or I could have done another like spooky game. Or I could have done Hades. Because I'm almost like... I'm one trophy away to the Platinum. So like I could have done anything. But I was like... What if I just drove around West Seattle and, and get lost? Like I literally, there was a point Can't where, like, yeah, I went to Target. Um, I got a few things, got a new vacuum, and then I went to GameStop and got some like statues. I got a Zelda statue okay. from Breath of the Wild. And on the way back, I was like, well, I never quite know how to get back with with GPS. But I was like, oh fuck it, whatever. I'm gonna turn it off. And I just took random lefts and rights through neighborhoods, and I ended up by like the water, and it was really beautiful. Yeah, but like this this town, like by the water, it was like fall stricken and I was just like really taken by it. But I got to a point where like I drove probably like a mile up a mountain almost and I was like, I should probably turn my GPS yeah, back on. Yeah, that's probably it. Like, yeah, I'm running, my battery's running low. Um, I'm running out of gas, so I should probably go home. But if I don't do that next Monday or the Monday after, maybe I'll, I'll stream something. I started playing Prey, so... That's a game. It is a game. I like the intro of it a lot, so we'll see if I stick with it. Um, otherwise, you can find us on Twitter at Save Room Show. Tell us, did Halloween Kills work for you? Hey, nobody can tweet us. Nobody, never, we do these, nobody ever tweets us. Nobody ever gets to the Twitter. end of the episode where we mention our Twitter. Yeah. So we got to just, first thing. That's true. We got to open the episode. They abandoned around like Kyle Richards, and then they just like started yeah. watching the Housewives show. Yeah. They're missing all these good, good jokes like, evil chills tonight. Oh, that's a good one, dude. That's a good one, right? Yeah. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you were having your adventure, I was just put on my famous killing mask and just staring at the my reflection in the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find you one day just on break, just like chilling at your window, looking out there. I'm like, Kevin, what's going on? And you're just going to start humming the theme. Dun, 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 dun. That's been his favorite thing to do every day of the month. And yeah. I'm not even mad about it. I do it almost every day. doesn't matter the month. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... You're doing it like peak now. This is peak Halloween season, so you know. I got I got the 2018 soundtrack on vinyl, so like I'm gonna have to play that Halloween day. <laughs> See what I, I just let him do what he does. I gotta make dinner still. Yeah, it's late. So all right, guys, thanks for listening. Good night.
I mean to say, evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. But evil didn't die that night. Evil lived. Oh. Um. Isn't evil live backwards? Evil's death will take a rain check. <laughs> is it? It is live. Yeah. <gasps> Michael's life. <laughs> All right, guys. Good night. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you do with that.